0: every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the united states is a communication to the children to take a trip to cop out to groove the psychedelic jackets on the record albums have their own hidden we don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganges. We want you to smoke the real thing. We want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana, some call it sensor some call it lamb's bread, and some people call it.
1: Welcome to another edition of The Adam Dunn Show. I am your host, Adam Dunn. Hey, hey, and that's Kyle. and that's KTI in the house, and MTI in the house, and later on in the studio, Brian, Brian mine, might come through, Brian might stop through, coming Green back Farm. through from Green Farms, mm-hmm. who was a guest a couple weeks ago, and on the hotline, the battle royale is going down, dude. Podcast versus podcast, <laughs> weed guy versus weed guy, who who's the most? Nah, basically not. I think it's he's a much better interviewer you can't than you. Hit him with the heavy questions. Yeah, he's 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 the guy who understands how to interview people because he's like, hey, you ask a question, and then you shut the fuck up. <laughs> right? I am not that guy. I'm the guy, oh, yeah, that's the thing. Because I just think I'm in a conversation every time. So I never actually treat you like a real uh, interviewer. Do I? Uh, we'll Do s- I? S- Do s- I? S- hey, s- shut the hell up! T- <laughs> uh, stop nice. talking, Kitch. Uh, sure. There I went again. Because everybody knows Adam Dunn does not let anybody talk on his show. That's yeah, pretty much it's a documented it's, fact. It's, it's it's a fact, you know. Yeah, well, I'm going to try to learn. I'm going to learn. My wife sends me texts so all the like, time. Yeah, you're going to learn. Listen. All right. <laughs> I'm going to learn. I promise. I promise. I will learn. Um, let's see. So we have heavy days. Heavy, heavy, heavy days. days. Yeah, heavy days. When, yeah. Calling in from Australia. Mm-hmm. He's home. He didn't get to get back for the spanibus.
2: Well, I don't know. Maybe he's at Span. It could uh, be right. Yeah. We so never my know. is not. So know. we don't have.
1: We don't know the time zones we're dealing with here. So he he's in be, the
2: morning. I know okay, that. Okay, so he's
1: waking up. Nine thirty in the morning. I think oh, is what they say. Oh man! When we did yeah. our interview, it was like I was at a party trying to like organize, <laughs> trying to like run a party <laughs> and do this three-hour-long interview, which yeah, it, was a, it worked. It's, it, was, I, yeah, it was. It good. was a great way to get away from the actually having to do anything. So I was like, I'm, I'm in the car. I'll be in the car, locked up. They had to bring me food and stuff. It was like, I was on a. On a Sabbatical or something. Damn. So anyway, uh, we also have, let's see, I'm going to call in to uh, Shiloh Massive is out in Spanibus. I think it might even be his first Spanibus ever. I don't know. Maybe not. We'll find out. But he's there with Taylor North, uh, or t- North sort of, North. Taylor Blake, Taylor, North, Taylor Blake, and and they're going to be giving us an update because I, apparently the Z-Cube one, which is their uh, Skittles cubed, I assume, it sounds like, um, and that was... Not from them, but from a pack of seeds that somebody bought at the Emerald Cup, flew back, grew them, boom, now they're winners. So we're going to call them in about an hour uh, or so and see what the deal is. And that's it, right? That was the whole show. Oh, and, and, well, that's not it. Sorry. This is our last show at the Metlo, everybody. Yes, it's over. (laughs) Uh, Have no idea what the new (laughs) place looks like, but we do have one. So it'll be exciting next week. We're going to have a whole new... I'll have to change this fucking sign. I, I just had made uh, that says Metlo. I mean, father. it looks so nice. But now we can remember can that bl- time it was... I'll black it out. We'll just Sharpie that bitch. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, next week we're going to be in a new location, which is I'll be telling everybody more about. But it's actually going to be pretty interesting because uh, we literally have no... Nothing to worry about sound-wise. We can have ragers there. We can go on all day. Throw down. It's a throw down spot. But it's also very close to Red Rocks. So anybody coming to Colorado to go to a show, which happens all the time, then we'll have a nice little hangout 10 minutes away from Red Rocks. It's going to be epic. Epic. Uh, Okay, so do the niceties. KTI, how was your week? I gotta be nice. I uh, hey, know. How was it? Did you a have great fun? week
2: shredding pow. They open up more terrain, so just getting up and doing a little skiing
1: and. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I'm actually gonna go up to Aspen this weekend. So nice. I don't know if I'll actually touch a ski or anything like that, but we'll see. Yeah. Have you Have you skied before?
3: Yeah.
2: You yeah. skied before?
1: Yeah, okay. yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. I mean, I was doing one of these. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was not. Yeah. A, I was not a. Of I was more about eh, eh, make it down the hill <laughs> I was an East Coast kid. We don't have very good conditions, so we didn't like no powder, icy. super icy. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're on the wrong side of the mountain. I, I realized that quickly. I was like, oh, this is all good. And then you get to the dark side, it's all <laughs> straight <laughs> up ice. So yeah, I didn't even get to when I was younger. I wasn't even like I was in like the worst. I was in like is in Rhode Island Yagu Valley. It's like a valley. Like mm-hmm. you're skiing in a fucking basically and it was like and i had my snowboard at the time too so it was kind of funny because i would uh try to sneak in with my snowboard and they'd just be like get out of here but they didn't oh they didn't allow uh, nothing didn't, yeah i was like it was, uh, once again ahead of my time nope. and not didn't have time to deal with it i was like all right well fuck this thing and then i moved to australia sold it <laughs> sold that bitch so you've been working
2: yeah, I've been working. It's been busy. It's almost spring break, you know. I know. So we're getting we're getting ready for all the Texas and Oklahomans coming. in. Texans,
1: it's
2: time to it's time to spring break it up. You know? I know It's nuts.
1: Well, it's good to see. I mean, beautiful weather here in Colorado. If you guys are uh, just get ready though, it'll it'll snap uh, on us been... for sure. And got... Mister MTI, how is your week? Good.
4: I got to see my base hero on Monday. Uh, Joe Dart came to town with uh, Theo Katzman, wow. so I was really stoked about that. You were like, all
1: just slapping. So I, was, was, he, I he, was watching him slap. Does he's, he play? When, yeah, he plays. He's, he's like, more of a
4: finger style guy. Then he doesn't slap too much, but okay. yeah, like just traditional finger style soul funk type stuff. So right, dope,
1: dope.
4: Yep. Did you get to meet him? No, I didn't get what? to mute. What you, you see it out?
1: You should have went up and said what? I don't know. How do you know? What if he dies then he'd be like, man, I could have, should have, would have. He could have gave. Oh, I don't know. I'm not you like need that. The power. Or you could have handed you the power.
4: Whenever I meet someone like that, I just <laughs> never know what to say. So I'm just like, eh, like, I, it was good to just see him. You know, that's cool. Where was me. that at? That was at the Lost Lake Lounge. Actually, it was my first time being there. It's off really? Colfax. Huh. It's like Caddy Quarter from the Bluebird. Oh, really? I never even heard. It's of it. like. It holds, like, it was like a 50-person show, and it was all sold out.
1: 50-person show?
4: Yeah, like, I think. That's <laughs> like, I think it that's was it? like, that's all it holds. That, that little room, like, uh-huh. hold like, maybe 50, and then there's, like, another back part where the bar I, was. I was
1: thinking, it was totally opposite. I was like, dude, it was like a 5,000-seat arena. No. Like, no, it's a 50. 50
4: no, I was, like, 50. three rows back, kind of watching them, you know? But, that's like, cool. it was a small room, you know? It's always
1: fun. It's always fun to see things like that. Cause yeah. It was, like, uh, in Amsterdam one time, we were at fucking. Marilyn Manson, about the same amount of people, 50 people. Marilyn Manson at, a, at a, in a converted church, and there was no stage, so he just stood there, and it was kind of like we all just kind of like stood around, and it was just weird. Right. It was like, are we having a private show now? What, this is weird. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just not set up for it, but it was awesome. I love those things. Uh, I heard something weird about the fucking 420. Did you see that where there's no smoking at the 420 rally this year? <laughs> Uh, i don't doubt it i I mean obviously there will be smoking yeah i mean it's like one of those no you cannot smoke at the rally (laughs) is that a 420 rally there is a 420 rally yeah how's that a 420 rally there's no smoke in it i don't Uh, know i just saw that this morning i was like i I was gonna call call some people to find out what the details were but basically the crazy part too is that Euflora, who's organizing it right Mm -hmm. they could lose their license if everybody starts smoking so hey start smoking everyone. it's interesting a fucking crappy place wow. i was anyway. say it's like an edibles <laughs> oh, God, company yeah. behind this or something once, just... yeah everybody now one two three take a bite <laughs> it's like, that is not the same thing as a big smoke out right it's like a big eat
5: out eat out i don't know yeah. it sounds weird
1: but uh, <laughs> edibles so good eat out i don't know
5: about that
1: yeah um it's, it's a funny. yeah massive the the most amount of people eating edibles at the same time. Yeah. This doesn't quite have the same impact, does it? Or one of the vape pen companies. Terrible visuals. So. <laughs> like, just not happening. The optics there are just not good. So that was kind of weird. But that's a sign of the times right there. It's like the same as, you know, New York and their whole, like, yeah, we're, we're going to go medical, but there's no smoking. You're like, I don't know. Have you
2: heard anything about the, uh, was it the coffee mm-hmm. joint? Uh, the one that I was telling up. you about, yeah, because they opened up the other week. No, it's
1: not, it's not the same people that it was not the people that I was thinking because the people that I'm talking about they're on South Broadway. Okay. The other one that actually got the license, where was that? It was a different location. I don't know. I'll look it up. Look it up. Um, but they didn't seem like they were the same group. So I mean, it's mutual. A lot of people get into things same time. What? The future. What will the future hold for for consumers? cannabis in Colorado. It's like, it's getting harder and harder. It's my, like when Native a native hotel opened up, same thing. Like you, It was like, yeah, everybody's going to be smoking hotel and then all of a sudden you get there and they're like, the first thing they do is they hand you a piece of paper that says, absolutely no smoking on the premises. And sign this <laughs> piece of paper, it proves wow. that you know that there's no smoking on the I was like, what? My goodness. 420 you, friendly. Just, so this one here? is uh,
4: 1130 Yuma Court, Denver. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now that sounds like a classic address that I would expect a club to be at where it's like,
4: where the fuck is that? Limit thirty Yuma, so it looks like it's like
1: industrial wasteland? Yeah. Pretty much.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's right off the plat. Uh let's see here. In between it's right off of Federal and Sixth, basically.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> that's like one of the grossest areas of the whole entire city. That's interesting. Isn't that where Dirty Dan's or whatever, all those nasty strip bars and stuff are all <laughs> oh up yeah, there? It's like far away from oh school yeah. zones. It's, it's got to be far... You like know, that. it's got to be far away. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. To be expected. To be yep. expected. So... Uh, our our main guest, heavy days. Does he have you? Has he got the call-in number already, or do we have to pass that on to him, or do no, we have to call to him, or he what's the deal? He? He's
2: he's called into this. Uh, I think you all talked on Skype before.
1: We ha- I think he can handle it. Yeah, if I know. I saw. I, I, saw
2: it. And I, I did see he was on there. If anybody like can handle it, it would be him. I haven't yeah. seen anything in chat, so no. I checked, and he know. You know, he he understands. Like you know, been calling. He's just waiting until four. Oh, is that Come what time four? he's calling? Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. I didn't know we had a time set. That's what I was wondering. So. Uh, yeah, oh, I told you guys I got some hate mail. Hate mail, hate mail. Hate mail? Mm-hmm. Hate mail. Oh, yeah, no Adam, Dunn, Adam Dunn Show, hate mail. Man, I don't it, believe it's, it. Ha- it's happening, bro.
2: Is, is it the Satifer uh, <coughs> Actually, seals? it wasn't a
1: show. It was for the seeds. It was uh, Somebody was complaining that they pack, They tried to sprout five packs of my seeds and had zero oh. germination. So, Oh, well, there goes that story. I thought that was one of the characteristic traits. Yeah, right, zero, zero germination. <laughs> yo, 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 welcome to Adam Dunn Show. Is that our boy, or who is this? yo
6: hello hey hey
1: oh oh there he is
6: what's going on not a lot how you guys doing good good we were just wondering
1: i I just asked if we had a call in time and apparently we do right now here it is how are you doing my friend (laughs) i took the hint (laughs) you waking up or it's early right coffee time for you now
6: yeah i just finished it i'm good to go
1: Good. I got my coffee in hand too, even though it's not officially coffee time. It's it's always always coffee time. time. Once I quit drinking, it's always always coffee time, right? Well, welcome to my show. It's all my rules now. You know that, right? We can't. We can't. No, none of your rules (laughs) apply. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm gl- glad to get you on the show I uh, haven't seen you since obviously Emerald Cup But what, what have you been up to since uh, Since you left you're, you're, not, you're not in Spain or anything Oh no, you're back home, right? You're, you didn't get a chance to go to Spanibus or nothing fun like
6: that No, I wish I have some friends who are in Spain um, Yeah, no, what have I been up to? Just uh, trying to hold down the fort back home um, Trying to do some good interviews, obviously um, but yeah, gearing up to try to do a bit of a seed release and really? um, see where that goes.:
1: Oh man, Now we are now we're dancing, Now we're in the dance. <laughs> oh, seed release, huh? So now you get to go on shows like this and talk about it. So I get to ask you the same questions pretty much. I know, I know your whole. I know your whole question line. So I'm ready we, to be drilled. We need some music. We need some soft music in the background. Because, you know, that's the only way to get this thing rolling. Twinkle. Set the mood. The <laughs> Set the mood. Twin- chirping. All right. So twinkle chirping birds. You got chir- <laughs> Just imagine. The chirping birds. And twinkle sounds. Right. Now, okay. No, I'm not serious. Of course not. I'm never serious. Um, <clears throat> well, how did you get into cannabis? I'll just be quiet now and listen to you for an hour. <laughs> no, but tell us how you did. Because, I mean, obviously, uh, when people think of podcasters, they don't... Doesn't always mean you know what you're talking. Doesn't always mean you're in doing what you're doing. I mean, like, you could just be uh, infatuated with growers. But apparently, you've been rocking and rolling for a while. So, give us a little background on what you've been, how you got started.
6: Um, I got started probably about six or seven years ago in terms of just straight growing. And in Australia, I think the story is pretty common among most people. It happens out of really just uh, frustration with the current scene because in Australia. The only thing you can really get access to is what you guys would call beasters, mm-hmm. so it's 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 just bad. <laughs> when you say beasters, uh, where would that come from? Because obviously not Canada, right? Yeah, so I guess by beasters I mean like just really uh, PGR riddled bud, pack load mm-hmm. things like that, which just make it horrible. I believe it's produced by gangs in Australia for the most part. Vietnamese, but. The difference being is that there there really, for a long time, wasn't a high quality kind of market in Australia up until recently. Mm -hmm. So, that, that was kind of what spurred it all. And I think in terms of breeding, I'd always been really interested in that. And I started doing that probably about four years ago. And I think ultimately, the thing which I found most interesting was the very first cross I ever did, like most people, it was an accident. And I grew the seeds out and they were pretty good. And so I thought, well, if this was the results you get when you don't try, maybe if I actually try, I could get some pretty good results. Mm-hmm.
1: And did you find that to be true or did you find that – because I, I, I notice a lot of times that it, when those mistakes happen, they do – sometimes they are magical and you're like, holy shit, this is great. And then when you go and you try, you realize, oh, hmm, it's not just so fucking easy as banging it out. Did, did you have a – did you kind of run into some uh, – brick walls there or a chain did you actually find that it was it was in your blood out of the gate
6: no i've definitely hit brick walls i think um something everyone who's kind of trying to breed should do is recognize when you make those shitty crosses and just learn to move on and i certainly made a few i think you nailed it on the head though right that first one was was seemingly really good for the most part it was two really horrible strains but the resulting one was like way frostier than either of the parents And I think in a way that was what made me think like, ah, you really can work with something here, you know, and make it better. So there's been a few duds and I've moved on from them. Um, But for the most part, I think you just look for the winners and and keep working with that, run with it.
1: Yeah. Well, well, I think you also um, touched on something there, which is the problem a lot of times is that people take like super, super stellar strains and they're trying to bring it to the next level. And the problem is, is that there's so many recessive things that they don't know about that that plant may have um, that that's all they end up dealing with because that, that, you know, like when you have two real frosty plants does not automatically mean you get frosty off, you know, protege off of there or progeny off of there. You get kind of like, you can almost find a reverse situation where you're, you have a hard time nailing it because of the fact that you're starting with such stellar things. Whereas when you start with kind of things that are a little bit less, then then ideal all of a sudden there might be some super good recessive genes in there that pop up you know what i mean and there may be easier to spot because obviously uh people don't want to admit that something sucks sometimes when they do it so they end up going like oh, it's not as bad as it looks you know what i mean but uh yeah i don't think that's the best yeah technique. no I, I
6: agree totally and I, i've seen that in play a few times most notably with the deep chunk line which doesn't look very good but recessively it seems to cross well with things and and produce more resin on the outcross and, and you're right there's kind of this thing in people's minds where if you've got two awesome things it, you don't want to believe that together they don't make something awesome and and even the opposite is more true i think where people don't want to leave, believe that two kind of less than desirable things could make something really good
1: well i had that with the with <clears throat> when we were doing our original sage crosses there was the, the mail that we used was less than ideal growth wise. I mean, it was one of those plants that was really hard to keep around because it was kind of leggy and weird and it was, but it, but it just produced fucking great stuff. And you kind of, once you knew it, you were like, Oh, well, don't even look at it. Just don't even bother. It's it's going to do it. I swear to God then every time you hit it up, it actually produces great, great, uh, offspring. But for the most part, I think it's, it's just experience. You know, you'll see it when you, when you've, uh, done a few runs with the same, with the same, uh, plant. And it's, it's, that's actually the best part about it is that the, another guy would walk into your room and not see the the potential in that plant. They'd just be like, "Well, okay." They'd look at the the thing that they would desire, let's say, and then not understanding that actually the the breeders are sometimes the the workhorses, you know, in the in the in the garden. Do you have yeah, a, without a doubt. Do you have an outlet in Australia for you, for, or you have uh, as far as for your seeds? You have a lot of people growing them out, or.
6: Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a guy online who's a really good, reputable seed vendor. His name's Nimbin Seed Vault. I'd recommend him to anyone in Australia. He sells a few good Australian breeders, actually. Um, and there's also going to be Hetty's Gardens in the States, who's going to be my outlet there for the moment.
1: Um, there, was a, there used to be a, uh, a hemp store in Nimbin. Do you know, you know the one I'm talking about that was right on the water, right, right on the river there?
6: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nimbin's changed a lot in the recent years, but um, the you, vibe's still generally the same.
1: Do you remember the owner's name? Because he used to live in Amsterdam, and I'm trying to remember his name.
6: He was uh, No, I don't, but he, I got a friend who I think is good friends with him.
1: Because uh-huh, he, he wasn't Australian himself. His wife was. They moved down there, and they opened up a hemp store in Nimbin, and he had a shop in, in Amsterdam. Yeah, I can't remember. I'll, I'll remember it at some point, but he, uh, the guy, he had a really cool organic uh Shop like food, like a place to do organic food in Amsterdam. And it was like one of those deals when he left town, it was like, no, don't leave because he was like the only guy at the time. Because I mean, this is in the late 90s, uh, early 2000s
6: when yeah, I can believe that very little
1: choice of good food there, you know, at that time. But uh, yeah, I'm sure it's changed a lot. I mean, Australia's uh, when I, I lived there in 87 myself, right? And I was there for about a year or 80. Yeah, Eight, what was the bicentennial? Was eighty-eight, right? Was the yeah. I mean,
6: it certainly used to be a lot more thriving back in the day, and mm-hmm. it seems like there's was a decline. But it feels like there's very much kind of a renaissance within the Australian cannabis scene. Like there's the emergence of a really high-quality weed market, which is fantastic. And for a long time, the majority of people just had never been exposed to that, and so that's really causing the whole scene to gain a lot of momentum, particularly in regards to how passionate people are like people are really getting into it because they've had some really good bud they're like wow this is possible and so places like nimbin are slowly you know the ball's rolling again and things are gaining momentum but yeah it was pretty yeah it looks good
1: it got pretty dirty i got i went through nimbin uh on the way up to up to queensland and on the way back down and literally in that month or so time span like I went in on the way up. I met this kid, and he seemed pretty cool. And like, got me some good weed, and we like hung out, and everything seemed to be normal. I, you know, then on the way back, I say I came into the town, saw the same kid, went up to him, like, "Hey, what's going on?" And he was just so smacked out, he didn't recognize me. You know what I mean? And then he kind of like tried to rip me off or something. And I was like, "Wait a minute!" Like, so I got to see the book, the the two sides of that town. You know, where it was like, okay, a lot of junkies. You know what I mean? But that was also back in, like I said, late eighties. So I was definitely in the. Felt like it was in a a weird, kind of weird lull point when I was there. But I'm sure it's also...
6: Yeah, I'd certainly heard a lot of similar things, unfortunately. as Particularly in the past, I heard that there was a lot of people in the town who would essentially use weed as their commodity to get harder drugs. And Mm -hmm. I think that's cleared up to a certain extent, but that was always kind of that jaded side of it, which people didn't see as much.
1: Well, everybody, when I got... the like when I was in Australia, when I was in Sydney, every single person that I met, because I, I was a weed, you know, like smoking weed, obviously, have you been to Newman yet? That was like the first thing they'd say to me. Is I'd be like, no, no, and I was like, all right, I got it. Sounds like I got to go to this fucking place because this is like the uh, the calling, the only place at that time that really was uh, openly cannabis friendly. But how has it? Cha- has it changed at all as far as the? difference between the north and the south there because it felt like as i got past as i got up into queensland it was like everybody was like dude don't even talk about weed like don't even talk about it like i was like really okay and then seemed like the more south you went it got cooler even to the point of having six plants legally at the time is that changed at all or is it still the same
6: yeah it's still fairly the same uh queensland is got what would largely be considered some of the more harsher laws within Australia, and then as you reference, going down south, the laws get a little better. In ACT, you're allowed to have, I believe it's three plants per person in a house, which is pretty friendly. Uh, and then in general, the Victoria has one of, widely regarded as the best medical program in Australia, despite the fact it's not medical in any way that you would consider medical for what it is it's considered the best and so definitely the trend still exists you know the more southern you are i believe the prices are generally better as well as your general chance of getting better bud is also increased as you're in those more southern states
1: right so speaking of the medical program in australia is the, the rumors that i've heard about neville taking over is that is that true
6: yeah it's it's not medical in the way you guys would consider it it's like capsules i believe you might be able to get a feco type of oil which is fantastic for you know people with epilepsy Mm -hmm. things like that but it's not like there's no flour there's no concentrates and it's extremely extremely hard to get onto this program there are people who with legitimate medical conditions, who really need to get onto it, who have been trying for a long time, and admittedly, I think there's been a little bit of an improvement in the red tape process in the past week or so, but it's it's still really kind of a farce in terms of an actual medical program.
1: Right. <clears throat> have you? Uh. But 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 it, you have heard that he's actually going to be in charge, in like kind of running the whole running the genetics part. I guess I, I would assume. Sorry, what was that? And you have heard about Neville, though, actually kind of resurfacing and working with that program? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and that's all I've kind of heard rumors, but I haven't really heard the solid. And actually, uh, our, our buddy Rob Clark and my friend Mo were down in Tasmania recently looking at some other stuff down there, too. So it seems like, you know, it's it's inevitable. I mean, it's going to cover the world. We already know that, right? I mean, it's not like any corner of this, you know, the world will really be totally... Uh, not touched by this whole thing, I believe, you know. But it's uh, it's it's funny how it's it's really hard to change gears, you know what I mean? It's like New Zealand's always been very cool. Australia's always been a little bit uptight. It seems like, for the, uh, comparatively. And then of yeah. course, in New Zealand, you have North Island and South Island vibe too, so it's even more <laughs> more different there
6: yeah i think you're definitely correct in that it's just it's it's spreading and and the system we have now will hopefully lead to something better and and you were bang on about the new zealand comment a lot of new zealand people who i meet a lot of new zealanders live in australia and they all whinge about how much better the weed scene is over there
1: yeah i mean i i, I didn't get to go very long i was there for maybe a week or two but it really felt the difference like i felt like the locals had, of course they have uh the politician there that's been in forever um so once you got a dreadlock in your, your main main government body there, you know you you know you're onto something there. It's like okay, uh, I feel like that's going. So um, with this podcast that you've been doing, have uh, how is how is I mean because we we just throw our shit together. We don't you know we don't plan barely. You're like a long. What we did with you is probably one of our longer plans, right? A week. Well, Was it two weeks, yeah, <laughs> you know. But uh, you, I listen to your show and I realize, like, okay, we have a lot of crossover, same sort of guests. But but you you definitely have a different approach, which I love. Uh, who, out of all the shows that you've done, who's been like your favorite? Uh, breeder to, besides me, of course. I mean, I'm not going to... I mean, I know that that would obviously be the one. But no, who, uh, honestly, though, who would be the your favorite uh, breeder that you ever talked to or surprised, in a way that you didn't expect it, more or less, you know? Not just, like, somebody that you're a big fan of, but more or less, like, what surprised you or stands out.
6: Yeah, so for me, it was really, and I think it probably always will be, the skunk VA story, which was episode number two. And I think mostly the reason for that is... He just seems to be a genuinely really good storyteller, and yes, his his narr he had a narrative to the whole thing. You know, it wasn't like a lot of the interviews can. I try to kind of lead it so that there's a bit of like a narrative, but mm-hmm. he really had a story he was telling, and, and he's told it phenomenally, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and we had him actually on a, do a panel recently where he had a we're, we're, we're do a couple panels, but then he had his own uh, uh, spot at the last Indo, and it was like pretty awesome to to. Hear how it's it, because uh, when it comes from experience, it's a lot easier to to grasp than it does when it comes from like a textbook or from a. I've heard actually that this was the way to do it. Now, like you can just tell that it's all through experience, and I think that's what sort of grabs you in a way and makes you also believe, like understand it really easily. Like oh, okay, makes sense.
6: Yeah, totally. And just so you know, your episode is legit. My second favorite. I think it's really good. I love I love the opening story. <laughs> I figured so Yeah, it was funny because I was like, uh,
1: "It was." I listened to it recently, and I was just like, "Yeah, this." I'm definitely uh, exposing myself there <laughs> a little bit, which is <laughs> funny, you know. But uh, yeah, and then uh, w- with uh, with like uh, traveling and stuff, do you plan on coming over to the states anymore, or are you, you're going to be? hitting up more events like you did this year? Cause that's, I'm sure uh, quite expensive for you to, you can't just jump on a plane and come over anytime. So it must take a little bit. Are you going to come back for yeah. the Emerald cup at least?
6: Well, that's what I guess I got to ask you guys. Like what's the deal with the Emerald cup? If it's on, I'd love to come. I'm oh, it's on. just, everyone it's seems to be giving differing opinions about whether it's actually going to be on. So to speak, it's a
1: hundred percent on, and I'm actually going to have Taylor Blake on the show in a little while. So we can ask her and then we'll get the, the triple confirmation. Um, that her dad is definitely rolling through with it but yeah i don't i don't they they did so good this year like you know that the meetings after yeah. they they sat down with the local municipality and stuff and they just were like yeah zero issues you know i think the only issues they had in the last couple years was like and it's funny too because mitch is probably one of those guys. They basically had a lot of complaints about really stoned people who lost their cars and were like wandering <laughs> the streets in these little neighborhoods and Mitch basically like took a bunch yeah, of mushrooms and lost so. his car. Remember that? that was oh, like, I was there. Yeah, oh, I know. You yeah, were it you like trying were, to find... Yeah, it, was it was hours. Something. It was hours. So it was like that yeah. was their biggest complaint. I'm like, wow, that's pretty good if you have that many people and your biggest complaint is that there's people that are just so high they can't find their cars. That's pretty good. <laughs> like, well, it's in the it's in the tow lot. That's where it's at. Yeah, so yeah. it's definitely happening. So we, we, you might as well start planning now and get those get those two <laughs> tickets. Um, yeah, no, it's great. Did you pick up any? It was gener-
6: noticeably. You picked up some absurd. genetics.
1: Well, I'm not gonna i you, but did you
6: uh, or did you uh,
1: inquire about any genetics while you were there? Uh, when did you actually get anything uh, from, from? Yeah, the up that most
6: was? definitely. I, I like to fill my little rucksack full of gifts to bring back here and. Generally, I I try to get into them, but I've been a little sloppy this year, and I only actually got said rucksack not long ago, so oh, it took really? me a little bit. Okay, but sorry. um, before I forget, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Change. Uh, over I knew this was going to happen.
1: Uh, I knew this. I knew this <laughs> interview was going to get twisted around at a certain point. I was like, well, just,
6: just let them. Yeah, do no, I, I saw a friend recently with the uh, the Jasmine Cat Pierce Sage crosses. Have you finished those?
1: Yeah, we did. Uh, I released six. Uh, I released six of the. Oh, actually, no. The Jasmine's no, I haven't released those yet. Sorry. Um, I, the thing is, I kind of got stuck at a at, at a at a at a situation where we you know we got lost my farm, and everything that was in seed form kind of just was stopped at that point. So I didn't really want to go further because my original plan was to release a kind of a whole spectrum at one time, you know. And then I didn't really want to like piece it out, and so and then all of a sudden. The, got kind of cut off literally at the knees <laughs> halfway through. So I haven't released it to the public, but I have given out a bunch of them, obviously. Did you get to see product or you saw just somebody
6: had a pack or? Yeah, I just saw someone had the seeds and I was just thinking, damn, those are some high value seeds in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, amaz- it's funny too, cause I found a, um, after the raid, like a couple weeks later, uh, went, went out and I was cleaning up and there was, uh, a couple sprouts growing at the bottom of so I, so again not 100% sure but the last round that was in there was was the jasmine cat piss stuff that they uh that they took out and uh this thing just grew like such a beast it's like one of those things where if you're into like gargantuan growth like as far as leaf and 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 stem and just like just ridiculous like stems as wide as they are at the bottom as they are at the top kind of stuff it's like that's what that thing just wow can. So it has this like such vigor in it and uh i mean the thing is because now everybody's a little bit more open to something besides og flavors i think it has a chance <laughs> because it's definitely leans it's 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 a sweet kind of syrupy kind of sweetness to it you know and it's uh so it's a couple years ago people would have just dismissed it and ah, it's it's not OG, it's, it's too fruity, but actually now that <laughs> Jungle Boys and all these people are fruiting up the entire world, like, everybody's into fruity this and fruity that, which I'm like, wait a minute, didn't we, like, not like this a little while ago? Weren't we all, in like, we kind of all agreed we were over yeah. it, like, at a certain point, and then all of a sudden, it's like, boom, got flipped, so, uh, you know, and, I, and everybody enjoys a, good for me it's just all about a fullness it's not about so much what direction it is it could be sweet it could be sour it could be you know acrid and chalky and it can be it can be all those things but it just has to be with some balance between the you know the rest of unique give me unique yeah but uh those yeah there's some i mean i released a bit here and there and we gave a bunch out i had uh james from Caesar now gave out a bunch for me uh so there's some out there but I kind of wanted to wait until I did my first release with the the new Sage mail that I have, this on Green Onion uh, mail, and so I put out. Are Jan- they? Those are out now. Are they Jan-
6: still going to be a part of the uh, Everyone Loves Bodie thing? Th- that's why I want to do Everyone Loves Bodhi. Yeah, that's why. That's why I'm kind of
1: waiting with the the, the the spectrum to do that for him. And I and I, I still want to stick to the original plan and do the charity. But it was kind of like, well, now all of a sudden I don't have. I have half half of what I wanted to do because I wanted to bring everything up. Uh, right now, I was just literally on my first uh, F two round, and then that's what got popped. So I was like, "Damn!" So there's, you know, just wanted to run through them myself before I got on uh, out out into the yeah. world. So uh, with with uh, with the changing the kind of policies of, of, uh, like medical and stuff there, is there, is there legal seed sales or is it strictly kind of underground and Instagram?
6: and So it, it's looking good. Basically, I, I don't want to give a definite ruling cause I just don't know, to be honest, but there's been one guy who's been selling seeds for a few years now, pretty openly. And it seems as though he hasn't really gotten any trouble for it. And recently I had a friend who even had a package intercepted by customs he had the balls to call them up and argue with them on the phone that it was hemp seed and he demanded it be delivered. And basically, because um, hemp seed's just recently been legalized, you can eat it in Australia now, so you kind of got an argument to have seed. Sure. And so basically, they ended up meeting him halfway, so to speak. They returned to sender and he just kind of promptly got it sent back and it made it through. So in a way, kind of feels like things are getting more legal in a way of having seed.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting uh, way of doing it right there because... I mean, Australia, that's one of the things when I lived down there, I realized, like, man, this you are on a fucking island, and they treat it that way. So just the fact that they would, you know, even not just automatically destroy it because of the agricultural sort of impact of everything over there, that's the one thing that I realized when I first landed there and they started spraying the cabins with insecticide and i was like what's going on and they're like oh yeah it's got to be you know like just oh shit okay now we're oh we're on an island where they're really fucking yeah. worried about invasive species and things like that but um so i would think all agriculturally based things would just kind of fall under that that line and i mean I, I yeah think, but uh so you think that there's I, a f- I think it's a good future for the for the industry there it sounds like
6: I think they're more interested in, like, wood and stuff like that. But as you hit on, like, undeniably, the biggest drawback we have is, like, the whole isolation of the place. But in terms of, like, you can't get clones or anything in. But the silver lining of that is that we have to pop seeds. And that works well because we get our own stuff that's really unique. And, you know, like the States doesn't have, for example.
1: Well, yeah. What about some of the um, the gigantic uh, Australian plants that are kind of out the the, you know notoriously uh, fabled (laughs) 18 footers and things have you uh, have you have those been sort of isolated by anybody or because I I have seen some humongous plants there I was amazed I was like holy shit these things are
6: at least no I've never I've never grown them I've it's one of those things where you always meet someone who says they've grown Mullumbimby madness or something like that which is generally the strain people are referring to with those mm-hmm. big seeds big plants sorry yep. and I'm skeptical as to um, I've got some seeds I'm skeptical as to whether they're true in terms of being actual Mullumbimby madness but I've got a friend who thinks he's got some real ones and I think it's one of those things where you have to have a lot of space to do it because obviously it's very you know it sticks out
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I have a guy who who gave two and me some seats, uh, some of those. He had a bunch of land races that he gave two recently, and I, we got some of those Australian ones in there. And it's the same thing. I'm like, actually, I had sprouted, and shit, that was one of the ones that, and now that I'm thinking about it, I was like, oh, yeah, those, are, those were taken in the raid, too, because I remember I was like, I don't know why I sprouted these things, but I'm doing it, you know what I mean? And they were, like. Okay, we're growing <laughs> faster than anything in, in veg. So I was like, yeah, these things are going to be monsters. So I was already contemplating where I was going to grow them in the first place. But unfortunately those got taken too. So
6: story of our lives, right? You know, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Crazy long flowering time as well. Yeah, exactly.
1: And, uh, I mean the, when, when I was living there too, I noticed, I mean, there was a lot of Thai influence obviously because of being in the proximity. Um, and, I felt like there wasn't that much – I mean, there really wasn't that much quality in the late 80s. It was really very limited when I could find – I used to end up going to literally King's Cross and buying foils. You know what I mean? That's how sad it was. Those were the sad days of uh, (laughs) because it was definitely, like, not as easy to find proper weed. Um, And the best weed I could find always was, like, usually some sort of Thai import, which was probably Laotian to begin with. Is there still a lot of – you still get a lot of stuff like that, like Laotian weed and things? Or can you?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still kind of the same situation for a lot of people. It, like in all places, it's like that whole who you know thing. Like there's a small group of people who have had access to high-quality stuff for probably forever type of thing. And I'm sure there always was because there was people like Wally Duck and Moon Unit who were breeders from the 90s from Australia. And right. I'm sure they were putting out really high-quality stuff and certain people probably got access to that. But for the most part, the story which you told is still actually... The common story which is what's you know kind of so heartbreaking in a way but as people get access to the better quality stuff their eyes will open and hopefully they'll be more inclined to say no to the horrible stuff because that's one of the biggest problems we have is that people happily buy this really you know those foils that you were dreading they they buy it with a smile on their face so well well, the other problem is that that the other problem is not real wheat. The other problem too is that when I
1: first got there, I was working on a on a movie crew, like I said, like I told you, I think in the show, uh, on your show, which was, and the you know, the fact that they would mull people would mull up the fucking bong hits. I was like, oh my god, like f- you're killing me now. You know, what I mean, like some tobacco heavy, basically, not even like a little tobacco, but like fifty fifty, if not more, uh, and doing bong hits and little. Plastic Pyrex bongs. You know, I was like, man, there's something not healthy about this right here, you know. No. But, uh, yeah, I think the culture there was, you know, a little, a little, there was a little twist there going on with that, especially with the idea that you're, you're going to stretch it out more. We still got them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, somebody else.
6: Yeah, that that does sound about right. I think we are the, what is it, the most bong smokers per capita or something along those lines. Exactly.
1: Everybody smoked bongs, but the, with the wrong, with just, it was almost like when I moved to Amsterdam and I was like, wait a minute, you guys are all mixing with tobacco? And then I, I realized that I had a better palate than most people when it came to weed. Like I could taste the differences in the weed and they were like, I oh, don't know, it all tastes the same. I'm like, yeah, well, it's going to taste the same when you mix it with tobacco. That's fucking obvious, right? Um, so I think, I, So are, are, is it still like the norm for for most people just to still mix there or is it? enough people who appreciate well mixing with tobacco is there still people like kind of is that the majority of the people are still mixing with tobacco even with like i mean the fact that i don't think anywhere else that i know in the world mixes their bong hits with tobacco that i can think of
6: yeah i'd say it's the majority the only people who i ever meet who smoke joints for example are like expats right that's funny um you
1: know and it's kind of like how back in the day everybody was doing hot knives and uh when, but like in like in Canada and places like that, they keep doing it because they still smoke a lot of hash. Americans mm-hmm. stopped in the like eighties, pretty much when the Afghan kind of dried up, you know. But back in the when I was in, still in like high school and stuff, it was like you get to a party, you pull out the two knives, you start the fucking thing. When I went to Australia, it was kind of like it had the same vibe. It was still that kind of like late seventies <laughs> kind of like it was a weird. It was a, it was a very strange uh, experience. I thought. so um with uh with the podcast have you been uh with the same sponsors the whole time or have you been, have you how's how's that been 'cause that's i think that's our biggest probably struggle over the years has been to kind of like
6: yeah, run, I mean, I ran the show for a whole year before we had any sponsors, like overseas ones. We always had 420 Australia, who's been a really awesome sponsor from the word go. Mm-hmm. And shortly into the whole series, we were able to pick up Organic Gardening Solutions, who are some friends of mine. They've been really awesome as well. More recently, though, we've been able to grab CT now, which has been good because, you know, they're they're a much more kind of present sponsor on a global level. A lot of the people who listen to the show are international, and so... Yeah they're kind of not really sure who 420 Australia organic gardening solutions are in a certain regard. Sure. So that's been good. And we've kind of been talking to a few others, but at the same time, um, you know, and I'm sure you're hugely aware of this issue. You know, you don't want to lend your name out to any and everyone just because maybe they're willing to give you a little bit of money. So well, exactly. it's always like a, a vetting process. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's the whole thing. I'd rather work. I'd rather have, uh, people that I experience their product or if I can know them really well or, I just want to fucking, you know, I want them on the show for that. Re- I mean, I, we, you notice that we don't have the same sponsors as, as like Joe Rogan show and all these other ones. They all seem to have the same spot. You're listening to all these podcasts and you're like, damn, how they all get these, yeah. these guys must be dumping some money, right? <laughs> Cause you're like, you're on every fucking spot, <laughs> you know, it's MailChimp or whatever. And you're just like, man, they're crushing it. But uh, yeah, I find it's uh, being a weed thing. You know, a weed show is always going to be a struggle uh, just because of the stigma and it is funny whenever I meet somebody and they're like, oh, you do a podcast? What's it about? And I'll just be like, there's always that slight hesitation. And it's like, weed, <laughs> you know, like so obvious in a <laughs> sense. It's like, you know, nothing more than that. And I'm like, yep, yeah, weed, that's it. It's like, yeah, but it covers so many facets. And then, uh, you know, of course, for us, the, the you know, the breeders is, is a huge part of it all. Um, but at the same time, there's just with cannabis, there's so many things going on that, you know, you're, you 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 kind of, that's why That's why we don't plan our shows, because we know something's going to go down. <laughs> There's going to be some weed-related thing going down this week, and, yeah. and we just don't know what it is. But, I mean, you've kind of focused more on breeders, which is great, because I look at your list, and I'm like, oh, wow, now this is like, we have a lot of the same, but you have a few different. And then I think along the way, um, you know, a lot of breeders now are, they need a fucking place to talk from. They need a place to people to hear them and a lot of these guys have been, as you know, when you talk to people, you can just tell that there's so much work that going into it that's been, un, you know, like you know, un, the unsung hero, let's say, of the of the situation. And there's uh, now it's almost like a power grab to like be relevant. You know what I mean? And so, kind of, I feel like you your show definitely gives re, gives that uh, platform.
6: Yeah, well, I mean, I fundamentally, I think our two shows are actually really different in format, and oh, that's are. why I kind of enjoy them, because you, you nailed it on the head again. Like, There's so much to cover in the broad spectrum of cannabis that I think it, it exemplifies your show perfectly in that sense, and I think you you do cover that broad spectrum, whereas my show, for example, it's, it's more kind of, uh, obviously, pre-recorded makes it totally different straight away, and then one-on-one makes it even further different, mm. and... I think that, yeah, there, there is a certain kind of narrowness in scope of my show. And sometimes I wish I had like a broader view and I might venture into that into the future. But y- yeah, it, it's good to be able to give the breeders a platform to speak. And it's good to have shows with different formats because mm-hmm. I think that um, you can bring something new to the table, you know, with each different format everyone brings. And I think a lot of the cannabis podcasts out there do have a, a varying format and they've all got something to offer. Sure.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think like when I listen to yours, I'm always like, okay, there's this like you were trying to do before there's a little direction going on oh he's pulling it together he's keeping it rolling and with mine it's like i mean i'm all over the place half the time but i'll but i will pull some gems out every so often where i'm like oh shit glad i, I didn't even think that was gonna and for me that's the, the the best part of it is like to not have the pre pre-thought out and pre-thought out a little bit but not so much the there's no no tight formula and then on top of that um you know it's like with guests i obviously try to bring in the the most interesting guests like yourself but you know, i like to bring in guests that uh, you know have you know a, a, a connection between us already in a weird sense just because it, i feel like it flows a little nicer and and i'm not out to like heavily investigate people you know back when i had mitch on the show we were could play a little more tag team and it was a little different um, and some people i'm sure miss that because Mitch was a fucking awesome interviewer. that's why mm-hmm. that's why the show was so easy because I could just sit back and throw my two cents in every so often. But what's been weird is that I've had to like kind of like, oh, that's okay now that's why I, I do exactly what I'm doing right now and talk over my guests all the time <laughs> because I'm like, oh shit, what am I gonna do? And whereas you got it and then by not being pre-recorded uh, you know, I think it's it's It makes it where it's. I talk to some people and they're like, "I can't believe I can't believe you do this," and I'm like, "No, it's actually easier that it's not pre-recorded because the minute I try to edit something, I'd have a hard time editing myself because I'm a fucking ramble."
6: Yeah, well, it's just like it's just (laughs) free-flowing, a conversation, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's and it and it's fun. Like with somebody, like I had a good time with Bodhi, of course, because he's such a legend and uh, but he's such a good, relaxed kind of guy. And then you know, I have have other guests that. You know, I've had people on that I, back in the day, didn't really, you know, get along with in the first place. And I was like, oh, this is an awesome time to, like, have a nice chat and actually not be competitive or anything at that moment. Because that's one of the harder parts about being a breeder and trying to interview breeders, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, so, hmm, you know, there is a kind of unspoken, like, it's almost like when you got two mechanics hanging out, they're not going to, like... Let's do a show together and talk about mechanics. When we actually, in reality is, since you're both doing it all day long, there's there's going to be some overlap, but there's also going to be like there's all these other things you're into besides being mechanics, you know? So, so it's interesting to to see your side of it all. And I didn't even realize that you were doing any breeding yourself. It kind of felt like you were looking at it more from the outside. But it's even it's it's that's because you 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 have a different uh, approach where you're not bringing your your thing into it as much as I do.
6: Sorry, I don't
1: know why I'm, why I'm rambling, but there you go. <laughs> Interview me, man. Yeah, well, Do I, mean,
6: the... I obviously don't profess or claim to be on any of the level that the guests on the show are by any means. But I think if nothing else, I one of the motivations to start the show was that I had a lot of these breeding questions that I just genuinely wanted to ask mm-hmm. a lot of these breeders who I looked up to. So that was kind of what helps, for example, generate a lot of the, the pool of questions. It's, it's questions I genuinely really just want to find the answer to. Right, right. Um, and that's and that's and that's the way that your your show goes,
1: which I love. And um, so, I got to do my sponsors because, as you know, that's how you pay the bills on these things. So I'll do that. If you want to grab yourself, uh, a, a, hopefully not a mold-up tobacco bong, mm. hopefully a nice clean <laughs> clean bong. Uh, yeah, and grab yourself another coffee or something since it is. What time is it right now? What time is it now? Four twenty. Is it? Oh, it's four twenty here. What time is it there? Nine twenty. Nine twenty. All right, go have yourself a nine twenty. <laughs> <We'll have everyone laughs> happy nine twenty. Happy nine twenty, everybody. Wee, woo. Yeah. It almost looks like a four twenty-two. Just cut them. Cut happy them it. All right, and then we'll uh, we'll talk to you in a minute.
6: Sounds right. right
1: out of the gate, our boys over at New Millennium. Uh, the these guys have got uh, a really great formula it's all based on seasons um if you're a large scale grower it's something to look out for uh if you're also up and coming it's it's easy to use um it's uh they have a couple new products right now the carbonara which is a uh amino based car uh, carbo is super fire and also they're um their uh, ruby fulvic is a good standalone product if you want to just check it out and use it as a. It's kind of like when you're in that stage when you're either in between uh, changing out your your res and you want to just kind of give them a little a little treat. It's really nice. Uh, it's got nine kinds of fulvic acid in it, so it covers. It's like a shotgun effect, covers every single uh, everything you might need. So and the macro uh, part of your plants and then. Uh, you can also use our Winter Frost as another good standalone product uh, if you want to just test out the waters and bring it into your own formula without having to take the whole thing. But you can go to newmillenniumnutrients.com and check out their uh, store finder and their calculator if you want to figure out how much product you would need and save yourself some money. And, uh, you know, not waste not, not buy a five-gallon when you only needed a, a two-and-a-half. God damn it. Yeah, what you need. And then you end up with, yeah, that's always a bummer with... Uh, you can also uh, l- look at back at some of the older shows. We've had them on the show a few times, and we're going to have them on soon again. Hopefully, we're going to get Neil on, the owner of the sh- company. That's been our goal since the beginning, because that guy's a-, a plethora of info. Um, but we'll have Cole and Jaron. Jaren. Jaren. Mm-hmm. See, I remembered it. Yeah. Man, it's coming back <laughs> on the show uh, <laughs> real soon. And... Incredibles Edibles and Extracts, uh, another stellar company here in Colorado, and now all over the country. They were in Nevada, California, Massachusetts. What do you mm-hmm. smoke? Is that mm-hmm. the orange soda? Yes, the orange soda. Yeah, the orange soda. Yeah, the orange sodas. I, it's funny because my other friend was in town and he's tried every single you know, he's out just going crazy because he's sure. from out of the country. So he's like trying this and trying that. And I, I'm just like kind of like little literally they just left him to do it because it's also nice for me to see what's going on up there mm-hmm. in the end he came back with har- basically the harmony pen i guess was another one yeah uh, which is, and then and then but he's like but this Incredibles one and then he had the, and i was like what is it orange soda fucking orange soda. of course it <laughs> of course <was> fire
4: <laughs> yeah I, mean, I like it it's one of my favorites every time i
1: see it I especially if up. somebody else even takes a hit off of a pen it, it smells like good mm-hmm. weed it doesn't smell like right. pen at all it's like man that smells Good, uh, But you can go to ILoveincredibles.com, check out their store finder, uh, and also you can pick up some of their wellness products if, you, if you're into that. They have uh, bath salts and salves and all sorts of good stuff. And then they also have a good CBD line with a bunch of, they have these new little mints, which are super good. Those, those cinnamon ones, amazing. And, of course, their signature chocolates, which are, uh, easy to identify as far as the, everything's got its own that it tells exactly on it what it is. If you break off a piece, it's a 10, it's a 10, so you know. And uh, consistency is the key. That's if you want to do a good edible company in any state, it doesn't matter where you are, you know, first thing you got to do is have good quality material. And that's all their stuff's grown in house, which makes a huge difference. And uh, you, you're guaranteed every time with these guys. So I love Incredibles.com. And of course, Jeremy over at Build a Soil, the best source for your organic needs and your uh, IPM and your beneficial bugs and kind of this is that time of year you want to start planning out your stuff. So give them a call at 855-877-SOIL or go to buildasoil.com and you can check out online their whole their whole catalog. All super hard to find products um, in a one-stop shop and also if you give them a call and you need got any kind of questions... They can dig, definitely handle it, and if you're in Colorado or New Mexico, and your order is over 500 bucks, it's delivered free. So you can finally get all those super heavy, ridiculous things that you know you, you definitely don't want to have to carry yourself, and have hand delivered to your house, which is pretty awesome. Uh, again, eight five five eight seven seven soil or buildsoil and of course, this is it, Kyle. Your big turn. Your oh, big time. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow,
2: wow. 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 Mr. am Wa- Wow. Mr. Ron Wallace, Wallace from Wallace Wow.
1: That's it, and he's uh, the mycorrhizal king. If you want to, have, if you want to get your rhizosphere spruced up this year, you're gonna give him a shout. Uh, you're gonna. I think it's ads420 is the uh, uh, code, I believe. But if not, he'll figure it out. Because Ron is the man, and he's also, he's just retired from his job uh, over at the Quinesset Country Club, and now he is full-time wow master, Mr. Ron Wallace, all day, every day, wowing, it, wowing up. it up. And I got it, and I did get the, I did get the um, uh, logo on the website, so everything's official now. It only took me forever. It took me four months to put it up, but it's okay, you know. Things we, we were planning on sticking around for a while. We had to build that rhizosphere slowly, <laughs> <laughs> slowly move, moving. It was like moving osmosis <laughs> through the thing. Uh, but you can go contact him if you have any kind of. I mean, it doesn't have to be cannabis. I mean, obviously, if you have a, if you're into pumpkins, he is your man. That is the or squashkins or squashkins or s- just squash or even tomatoes. I pretty, pretty much anything that grows out of the ground. You want to call this guy and get uh, his products, especially his mycorrhizial products. Those are his number one things. And again, uh, for ADS420 I believe is the code. And if it isn't, it is now. Sweet. Sweet. Um, and of course, the greatest sponsor in the world who not only sponsors our show, but sponsors the, the podcast, podcast too. So he is the man. <laughs> James over at seedsherenow.com uh best of american breeders and he's creeping into those international breeders i noticed recently though i'm like it's not all american huh? what's going on here Are these guys america eh. kind of but anyway he's got whatever breeders he does have they have all uh been vetted extensively and uh we're we're all in a great camp with him because he guarantees all of our seeds so we have any issues with anything along the way we, you know.
2: germination rates can, ger- He you can, he can help out with like shitty germination he could rates. have
1: he could have helped out that That's guy good. with his shitty germination yeah. rates that i was trying to tell dude. the story yeah. in the beginning uh but he didn't because he didn't answer my call when i said where did you get him did you get him at seeds here now and he, he got no answer so therefore he probably didn't so not guaranteed mm-hmm. but if you call if you do get anything with them and you have any issues just contact them they'll they'll make it right and you can also go to seedaholics.com if you want to check out their auction site, which is great because you'll have wasp packs, last packs, all sorts of things like that. Um, also charities that are, when you do a charity through that site, you're going to guarantee that 100% of all proceeds go to that charity. So that's a good a good feeling thing when you know uh, you're helping out people and they're even helping you out along the way too because 500 bucks for a pack of seeds is nothing when it goes to the right cause and usually you're just giving 500 bucks anyway, now you're actually getting something that could change your life and all those around you. Uh, But go to SeedsHereNow.com, Seedaholics.com, check them out. And if James Bean wants to give us a call, he can call in and say, what up, because he's the one that hooked us up, actually, back in the day. So, you know, he's always working, that guy. Mm -hmm. Always working. All right, there you go. That was it. That was our sponsors. That's the hardest part of the job, isn't it? You Weedle, know, you do pre recorded, don't you do pre recorded? All right. Bong hits? Mm, yeah, he's probably going to grab
2: a bong. He's probably getting the tobacco. That tobacco? He's kicking in. He's him. getting the tobacco. I heard
1: him a second ago. I heard him a second ago. He's
2: packing ago. that up. It's all right. I'm back. Sorry. Oh,
1: there he is. There okay, go. I was just like, wow, well, he was there. I heard him snickering, but now he's gone. Uh, no, I was just I saying my mic down to Excel oh, that's fine, so you did hear what I was saying about James being the man, of course, right, so he's the new face of cannabis, isn't it? Oh, yeah, did you see him on that isn't cover? That how the, that goes? The new face of cannabis mm-hmm. that was good, mm-hmm. that was pretty funny, uh, Dope. but James is a good sponsor to have, isn't
6: he? yeah, one of the best without a doubt. he really does constantly work, and he puts in the extra mile well,
1: that's the thing. he's always think, like 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 I said, he connected us together to do our show to do your show, which was great, and uh You know that was that was him. I think that was him trying to help to make my show better by listening to other shows. And goes, man, this guy's really good. And I was like, oh, you're trying to say what are you trying to say? You're trying to say that I suck, pretty much, is what you're saying. Yes, it kind of. There's competition. Kinda. (laughs) This guy's got he's got more skills than you. And I was like, I know. (laughs) Uh, But no, like I said, he definitely links up the people, which is part of this business. You know, is uh, I think the weed industry has always been such an underground thing that's always been kind of like you know, the unspoken, unspoken rules and things like that, that we all kind of follow. Uh, And nowadays, there's a lot more, a lot less loyalty, I believe, you know, I mean, it seems like everybody's a little bit more Instagram famous before their uh, build a reputation like we used to, which was, you had to actually smoke the weed, you know what I mean? So like I think that's one of the kind of like do you notice how this trends are just what do you think about it do you, do you i don't I'm, I'm actually not a big fan of the whole instagram cannabis phenomenon that's hit, kicking off right now because i feel like it's it's kind of uh very uh well it's just unrealistic a lot of it you know what i mean because you can
6: take a picture of good weed
1: and it doesn't mean the weed's good you know or picture yeah, group.
6: but I mean, everything's always in waves, right? And everything comes around. Like, Calio used to be really big back in the day, and then it fell off, and then we had the resurgence with all the tangies and the like, right?
1: This is true. And that's what's happening now with the fruity stuff. But they don't last. You notice that a lot of these, like, it's literally yeah. like, it's literally like uh, fashion now where it used to be a seven-year cycle, and now it's a seven-month cycle or something, you know
6: what I mean? It's like it's going quickly, and these little mini Do you feel like there is a real resurgence in kind of the real exotic kind of sativas? Because everyone always complains Mm -hmm. about it, but it feels like it might actually be happening to a slight extent.
1: I think it's always going to be really hard because what I, uh, even myself back in the day, I didn't know, like I'd be growing these like long ass sativas and not understanding how they needed to grow and kind of ending up with like subpar versions of maybe what it was because I just didn't, I, I was like, something was 13 weeks I didn't know what to do you know what I mean I know I like and then later you start to realize oh yeah you can't you know you can't overfeed it in the beginning or you're just fucked right out of the gate you gotta like ease into it and then you also gotta understand that they don't like a 12-12 cycle you know what I mean it just doesn't work so you have to change them you know in the beginning you can go get away with it but at a certain point once you're in flower you really gotta drop that hour you know give them that extra that extra hour which makes a huge difference and then um but also those flavors like like colombian and stuff has a really weird like a real colombian is very unique and different that's why i think that those max and those certain colombian crosses got people's attention you know because there's something uniquely different about it um but it's also hard if you don't know it and you're like ooh, this tastes really woodsy or you know what i mean like out of the gate it's not a it's a very strange flavor um so I think sativas are going to be always a hard one because it's really like it's a takes a palate, or it takes somebody with a little bit more. I wouldn't say sophisticated because maybe it's not that, but definitely more um, able to pick out those little nuances because a lot of those sativas are are strange.
6: You know? Yeah, it feels like there's a there's a trend where breeders are trying to embody some of those unique characteristics of those land races within crosses and, and make them more kind of indoor hybridized and it's funny you mentioned the Colombian because two really notable examples jumped to mind immediately for me like the Mac from Capulator yep. as well as Sophisticated Lady which has been used by Gromer and Gage Green a few, a few other guys both of those got Colombian in it and they're both kind of ones that are kind of in the limelight at the moment and I think that yeah there, there seemingly is this push to to get some of those unique characteristics into modern hybrids but cut down some of the the long flowering times and some of the other things you mentioned which just make it so hard
1: yeah and and, and it's also i mean there i find that a lot of those plants are hard to cure properly too like they really you can't take i mean you have to actually cure them you know what I mean you can't like they don't taste good in the beginning they taste weird you know and then all of a sudden they taste much better 6 months later whereas the opposite for a lot of modern strains a lot of the polyhybrids and stuff are like really tasty for the beginning and then like a couple like a month later or two they're like whatever kind of lost all their flavor
6: you notice that yeah oh totally i when i was hanging out with skunk va before the emerald cup he was saying to me that skelly hash plant in his opinion doesn't it doesn't really hit anywhere near its prime until about a month cure and all i could think when he said that was like probably would have smoked it all by then you know and so there's definitely that issue out there
1: that's, that's the classic, too. Whenever I have a jar of weed, the last bud is, like, uniquely better. Like, just always. Like, it's because it's the last one, of course, but there's, like, this thing that you're, you slow down finally. Like, at first, you're just going through it, and then all of a sudden, you get down to the very last bud, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. This may be how it's supposed to taste, actually. And I've just not been able to wait long enough. That seems to be a, a continuous problem in my life. <laughs> Where the last bud tastes yeah. just perfect.
6: <laughs> yeah, I, I often have some jars that I write off initially that I come to find I'm a bit pleasantly surprised later on with.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and the opposite can can also happen too, where you you put it away thinking it's going to be fire, and then you come back and it's like kind of lost its, lost its oomph, you know. Sorry, what was that? No, I was saying you can get the opposite too, though, where you where you pack stuff away thinking it's going to be fire and you come back later oh, yeah. and, and you're just like, hmm. it
6: dies like within a week making, <laughs> in, huh. in Australia. It's so hot. Like yeah. you can really go from good terps to nothing very quickly. If you're not um, disciplined with screwing your jars on properly and whatnot.
1: Yeah. And then, um, so what do you think the, uh, percentage of smokers in your population is like, I mean, do you, do you ever, do you have any of that kind of data as far as Australia's,
6: I think it could be anywhere from, say, 15 to 20% of Australians smoke weed somewhat regularly. I guess it would depend on how you define somewhat regularly. Uh, maybe, like, once a month. Like, it's a pretty high proportion. Obviously, you're going to associate. So, like, everyone I hang out with smokes, why? Because that's what we're all into. But I think on the most part, most people you bump into generally are, are pretty open to it, at least.
1: Mm-hmm. Because, uh, I mean, it's, it's it's interesting to see, like, as legalization rolls out and everybody expects people to smoke more, it pretty much you, it seems to like, almost always do the opposite effect. And it's it's literally because we live in a, such a hype society that the more hype you put into anything, then the more people get like, whoa. And then the minute you actually have it, you're like, is this really what everyone's all excited about? <laughs> like, uh, you know. And, like, not everybody gets the fever like we do about growing or about smoking and stuff. And it's always, like, it's interesting to see... Um, that the more because Australia has some crazy like drug culture too. Like, I mean, cocaine there is like what 500 bucks a gram or something like that, and some crazy prices.
6: Yeah, definitely. But I think the interesting thing, which a lot of people outside of Australia may not know, is that we are considered a, a quite a conservative country and so while there is like quite a large amount of people who smoke weed and uh, quite a prevalent drug culture the people in power who run it are, are very conservative and the only thing you need to look at to see proof of that is our cigarette packaging which i don't know if you're familiar with it like you guys would probably find it crazy it's just like brown paper box um no no individualization at all and so essentially that's slowly changing and i think that's the biggest thing which is turning the tide in Australia is that the older conservative people are either a dying off or, uh, you know, turning their minds around to the, cause the, the, like, although we didn't have reefer madness here per se, as in like, it wasn't playing on TVs Mm -hmm. that, that idea did extend to Australia. And a lot of the older generations do view it as uh, quite a negative drug. I've heard the sentiment that like it's on par with some of the much harder drugs in some people's minds. So just to give you an idea.
1: Yeah, and, and what about psychedelics? Because right now it's sort of like a next, that's like the next wave that's hitting here. Um, Cali, Colorado, they're all having initiatives to basically legalize psilocybin for, for medical, um, which I think is going to be, I think it's going to happen because it, it it's there's a lot of, there's enough studies out there that prove that it works. Um, in controlled situations, I can't imagine why they wouldn't. Um, and after living in, 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 Europe and seeing, like, basically, we sold... I, I literally sold pounds of mushrooms every day out of my store and never really had any... Ne- I mean, I was amazed. I would be amazed by it. I'd sell so much, and then I'd be like, all right, some... Like, I'm just waiting for the day when they're like, dude, those... Boy, you know, because like, that's... <laughs> how many times with psychedelics has things gone a little wacky, right? It definitely happens. But for some reason, like, you know, uh, I feel like mushrooms are, are, are very very low on the on the totem pole as far as uh, t- you know toxicity if you're doing the right ones of course um and yeah do you see is that happening in australia too is there any kind of push for legalization of like psychedelics and things like that
6: i i don't know i think that one's probably a, a further step out than getting proper marijuana for us like I, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because i think that on initial kind of presentation with that idea, a lot of people would be like, "No, that's never going to happen." But at the same time, it there's there's very much a psychedelic culture in Australia, much more based around mushrooms than acid because we have a lot of mushrooms everywhere. You can just pick them yourself. Yeah. A lot of fond memories going and finding cow patties in the fields. But um, but at the same time, it's hard to get you know really good quality acid for the most part. So it's more based around shrooms, which. Mm-hmm. Is good because, you know, it's all natural. You'd think that would be kind of more inclined to get people on the same page. But I think it's that one step further out than even cannabis for a lot of people. And you I'm not sure I could see it happening anywhere in the near future. Right.
1: Well, it's, it, I just noticed that it's happening. Uh, seems like it's starting to happen. Uh, and literally, like mushrooms are going to pop up in everywhere, you know, at the same time. Uh, but it, it'd be a great step uh, in the right direction, that's for sure.
6: Yeah, well, there's generally a lag time before ideas like that come from, say, the States or from Europe to Australia. Like, for example, in uh, uh, the international sense, ketamine is used in the medical setting for a variety of things, and it's only just starting to be used, for example, in depression in Australia. And so there's a lot of things in the States which show that, for example, is actually like, you know, a pretty successful treatment. So things take time before they kind of migrate and i think it's cuz we're isolated and we're conservative for the most part
1: yeah i mean when i was there everything felt like it was you could you could kind of time it you're like oh it's like 15 years ago and 10 years ago and they kind of obviously now globalization has brought things closer to uh to being on the same timeline but And you, you know, it's not like any distance really makes a difference. But for some reason, yeah, for sure, it takes. uh, It it seems to take a little while for everything to to move its way down there. Um, Yeah. So, what other subjects have we got to touch on? Because it's always. What's he breeding?
6: You got breeding projects coming out, right?
1: Oh yeah, exactly. What was your next? Yeah, uh, what's what's your next project going on?
6: Well, well, it sounds like there's like an open window.
1: (laughs) No, that's a, uh, it's called a torch. (laughs) uh, (laughs) We tried, we tried, I had my electric one for a while, but it broke, it broke the actual rig the other day. So I'm back on, we're back on to uh, annoying torches that cover up guests uh, (laughs) trying to give us answers. Now, what do you got going on in your breeding project uh, like right
6: now, genetics wise? Sorry, what was that? What was your latest... uh, You said you had some things going on right now. What was your latest... uh... Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, So, I've got a few things going on. The main project I'm working on is called Phantom Crackers. It's basically a clone I made from Phantom Kush and Barry Larry, uh, which is two strains originally made by uh grand uh sorry dungeon vault genetics but it was back when he was working for gdp uh-huh. so a bit of, bit of a confusing backstory to it but um <laughs> long story short it's this really nice licorice clone i found and it kind of came out of i bought this berry larry thing because it said in the description it was licorice tasting and i always wanted a real licorice tasting thing and i'd always been drawn to the idea of Uh, Durban poison which is commonly described as having that aniseed licoricey flavor and I was actually sadly disappointed when I tried the Colorado Durban I found Uh, it was nothing like that so I'd set set this goal for myself to breed my own licorice strain and uh, kind of a happy accident in a lot of regards but this cologne is just really phenomenal and it's quite unique in my opinion so I'm just setting out to cube it and be able to offer it to people as well as to be able to use like a mail of it and to kind of spread out from there.
1: Yeah, it's interesting too, because I feel like with licorice flavored cannabis is almost like when things are, I I think you can actually find it, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's definitely, it's not a, it wasn't a really uncommon thing. It's recently because it hasn't been selected out so much lately, but for the most part, it felt like whenever something had a licorice flavor to it, it almost was like the plant was... At full expression you know like it literally just like like it grew just perfect full expression and it's almost like how when you get really good hash uh it kind of doesn't matter what strain it is there's a certain tone in the hat there's a certain smell and and uh effect basically where that you get like okay they're kind of crossover you can't tell if it's this strain this strain or this strain but it's all nailing this one particular hashy kind of tone you know what i mean um, yeah, and the, same 100%. With the, and the same with the licorice thing. It wasn't like specifically on. I mean, certain some strains, like you would, you know, grow it out and it didn't have that. But then when you grew it out really good, it popped. It's almost like if you look at the bottom of of uh, a lot of weed, you get one purple calyx. You know what I mean? And that's always yeah. That's always to me like the sign of like a properly grown crop. Whereas if you didn't, you could have the same strain not grown quite right. You look at the bottoms, you don't see that little indicator that like one purple calyx which just seems to be like the okay i'm like the the pop-up and the fucking turkey or something you know what i mean it's like ding okay look i got one purple calyx you're good to go harvest you know what i mean it's like and and a lot of i've seen that with a lot of strains uh where they don't have any other calyx in the entire plant is purple just that lowest one uh, and i love those ones
6: i love those yeah (laughs) yeah i've certainly noticed that in one of my clones it kind of goes this What's the word? Magenta. Like more like a magenta, magenta kind of hue, not full purple, like yeah. a like a pinkish colour. Exactly. And, and it helps the trichomes to the contrast and it's really good. But something I just wanted to touch on, which you mentioned, was that thing about the overlap with the terpenes, I find that to be so incredibly common. Like most notably this one example stands out in my mind between the smell of like blueberry, like the true pure blueberry smell versus like the real cheesy skunk smells like there was one day i was smelling this cheese and i was like this is the same terpene profile as blueberry there's just a little something extra in blueberry because it was like you'd smell the cheese and you were like this is almost blueberry there's just something missing and it's the same with the licorice as you said you know like there's a lot of strains which get close but they just didn't quite hit it you know
2: yeah uh what other strains you're working on
6: uh, so, there's there's a few other things in the works. I've mostly got about probably, probably about 7 to 10 clones that I've selected from stuff I've bred with. So, I've got like a kind of a Gorilla Glue Chernobyl hybrid that I'm really fond of. I've got uh, another one which is a Phantom Kush F2, really fond of that got some purple gooey hybrids i've made with some gooey breeder stuff which is really nice and so the goal at the moment is i've basically been able to amass what i consider a really nice library of unique females and so now that i've got kind of my base set out i can then further explore some different crosses i've made and find some males crossed to them so that that way both of the parents are kind of stuff i've made and i can feel a bit more confident that it's stuff i can stand behind but something i'm really digging into at the moment is uh I really, really, really like uh, some of these Gorilla Glue Chernobyl hybrids I've made. I found this one clone that's really standout, so I'm now going to dig the, in and find some males and uh, I think outcross mean, and see what we get. I think you mean GG4, actually. You're not allowed to say Oh, yeah, yeah sorry, gotta, I forgot. Don't, don't, don't,
1: don't want to incriminate yourself on this
6: one. Yeah, trademark laws. <laughs> Wanted they, can they internationally sue me for that? Um, yep. They could try. <laughs> You're not out of their <laughs>
1: reach. But we've, We haven't
2: used uh, real names, so.
1: <laughs> right. Um, how so how do you how do you feel about the whole uh i mean for me it's understandable like i when I look at it I say if you're gonna if you're gonna name your product after a thing that's already out there that's been trademarked then expect it to get fucking pulled at some point you know so i totally I kinda I wouldn't say I agree with gorilla glue the company, but I kinda understand it you know what i mean it's like uh mm-hmm.
6: You know? Yeah. I mean, because they're such a general company and, like, I guess a lot of kids use their products, it's rather understandable. But it, it, there could be some companies who are down with it. Like, oh, yeah. I know porn, like Pornhub are really funny and they sponsor a lot of stuff and do a lot of weird stuff. I'm sure if someone came out with a strain called Pornhub, they wouldn't object to it too much.
1: No, exactly. No, there, there's definitely some that would, would benefit maybe out of it. But... But again, like the Star Wars thing, kind of, I'm always like, you guys are really like digging yourself a deep hole there because you know Lucasfilm is not all, all about it. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, yeah. uh. It's, well, there's
6: that list from Oregon where it's like it lists all the names that yeah. they're not allowing. And I thought that did overstep the line in some of them. Like, it did. Like for you, Bubblegum. I know, yeah, like exactly. that's too, that's, like, that's, you can't argue that's marketed at kids, like, in my opinion.
1: Right. I mean, and of course now it, and it's funny too because I, like bubble gum for instance is one of those strains that it's kind of i couldn't even get a trademark right because it was too generic they were like nope too, so it's too generic to trademark but yet we're talking about it's so specific towards kids i don't think so you know what i mean if it um but in general the 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 idea that you can even defend yourself against uh giant entities like that and i you know same with like uh Mr. Soul, I mean, I'm like you're, you're dancing with the devil when you start fucking with Disney. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, Cindy 99 is is already close, but when you start doing imagery that's really tight, and he had some stuff that I was like, I don't know, man. I think that's a uh, a tough yeah. one. I, I, I had we had a, I had, I had a cease and desist in from uh, Time Warner for uh, Rambo because I used to call Lambo Rambo. Same thing, you know, so I kind of <laughs> learned that lesson lo- early on, like, oh, shit, yeah. Probably shouldn't just steal names out of uh, things, but, what you know, Girl Scout Cookies is a great example. I mean, there's one, like, you know, it's like, it's definitely, you know, still being used, And but at the same time, uh, when you start doing Thin Mints and you start doing all the name, <laughs> basically the entire collection, and it's also funny how I notice how everything's food-related now. Everybody's finally... On a food tip, you know what I mean. Which it's, it's interesting to see the, the the flavors that people come up with, and I'm like, I can almost guarantee you, I'm
6: not going to get any of the, any of that out of that. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, the whole dessert menu type of idea where it's all, you know, not. I, I don't know if any breeders have these strain names, but like, you know, creme brulee and truffles, all that the same, type of stuff.
1: I was just thinking creme brulee right? right before you said that too, so mm-hmm. I was like, hmm. That's a new strain. No, I'm sure it's already out there. But it is like that. It's like that. everything's a dessert now, and uh, I think I, kind of, I think that was with the key limes and things like that, and the, those those kind of seem to be like the precursors to the whole trend. And and now it's it's gone kind of over. I mean, how long till we have no more desserts? <laughs> We're out of desserts. I know, right? Or um, or they just start to they start to become the things you're not necessarily. Uh, sparking your your uh, imagination in the right way so, but um wh- what other uh, what other breeders out there have you do you think we should be looking out for that maybe don't aren't getting enough attention that you've
6: you've run across in your in your travels um as in like uh, australian or international
1: um i mean australian would obviously be interesting because we probably don't know them online on but in, in general international also just the, uh because it's, it's one of those things where I, I kind of feel like you have to smoke people's weed before you can make any decisions, right? So I'm thinking more on your actual uh, physical, uh, you know, abil- not just somebody you've seen online, but somebody you've actually uh, seen their work.
6: Yeah, I mean, on the, on the domestic level in Australia, in terms of people... I like her. I'm into. There's a few people popping their heads up and doing some stuff recently, which is really good. Um, I've got a friend, Rich, who does some stuff. i got some friends of mine who do some stuff. Um, and on the international level, anyone just who's basically on my podcast, that would be my <laughs> recommendation. I, I, always, I always say to people that... Um, my my two favorite recommendations would be dominion and uh dynasty those are just two people's stuff that i've run out most extensively and i find it's really solid to breed with personally
1: Mm -hmm. and uh what do you think about this what do you think about the uh i mean i'm sure you're i'm sure you're following all the all all the the breeder wars going down lately and uh what's your take what's your take on all of it because
6: obviously you know um, characters,
1: so some of it's it, obvious, and some of it seems to be it would make for a good guess.
6: reality t v show <laughs> um, i I think that some some of the beefs that people have are like somewhat legitimate, other times it's maybe like a bit contrived or like people just need to settle settle their issues in private type of thing
1: (laughs) well you know we're Um, gonna you know we're starting a beef right i mean obviously our two podcasts are right now yeah we're we're gonna start we're gonna start a beef right around now and then this is gonna increase our our listenership by thousands they're gonna be like oh my god did you hear
6: yeah well that's that's that seriously feels like the trend in a way like because some of some of these guys i feel like they're too casual about the way they're in a beef with someone and it's like are you? this seems like it's like not like not planned on both people's parts but someone's just like oh yeah I, I can use this to my advantage like I don't know the big one that pops to mind for me is Gromer. like I, <laughs> I think the guy just antagonizes people in a way just because he knows it uh-huh. It gets attention
1: oh yeah I mean Cali Gro- or uh, Cali Outdoor Gro- Cali
6: Outdoor <laughs> oh god the meme pages I've just totally given up on those I used to think some of them were pretty funny but after they started having just is going too far, like people doxing each other and stuff. I was just like, Jesus Christ! I like- know,
1: I know. It's funny, it's funny to a point, but I'm like always glad I'm not involved. But at the same time, it's, it's it is like me and me, uh, me and uh, Danny Danko. We had we had a we had contrived this whole idea. Like, well, you know, if if we had this like beef, then probably everybody would, you know. Of course, we're gonna be buddies. It's gonna be a wrestling. You know, we're just yeah. gonna get crazy, but. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I mean, I I had it with our with our company for years with TH Seeds. It was always like like it's funny because I would not even it wasn't like we were really beefing, but people would expect it. And then at a certain point, it was like you could kind of see where the camps were being developed, and it was like oh god. So I've seen this whole cannabis beef thing go down for years. You know what I mean? And like so, like during the cannabis cup, I would always go after greenhouse because they're the big they're the big fish. You know what I mean? So I'd be like I'm going after them, and I'd you know I mean I, I'd get. I get kind of kind of ridiculous, but it was also like this was pre internet stuff. So it was like you had to actually get in your car, drive over there, get on a loudspeaker and do something stupid. That's the kind of shit I was doing. I was like driving by with my had my little mini car and I'd drive by the greenhouse when it'd be full of people from the cannabis cup and I was like, get on my loudspeaker and I'd be like uh, the greenhouse cannabis will give you cancer, right? And they'd be like, what? You can't say that. And would be like, I don't give a shit. And I don't know. It was just like I, I went through my beefs with, so I was beefing with him. Then other people m- created the beef with me and DNA um, because we're just similar in the sense that, you know, they came 10 years after we got there and kind of did the exact same thing that we were doing. But. granted they, they made more money than we did and they're doing really good right now but at the same time it was also like the same idea because they were like the new kids the new kids on the block so we always had this little especially because what happened in Amsterdam was like nobody beefed at all during the year and then the cup would come around and it was like the same as the internet is right now all day you know for like a couple weeks and then it would disappear again and everybody would go back to their, go back to their reality but it was always like you know whose camp are you on and then everyone—it was sticker wars when I was when we were growing. It's like so I'd put a sticker up, then Aaron would put a sticker over my sticker, then I'd put a sticker over his. It was like that's kind of the way the beefs were going down. It wasn't that heavy, you know what I mean? But yeah. <laughs> but it is interesting to see like how that. And that's the part that I talked about just earlier. when I was saying, like you know, the whole Instagram fame thing is—it's interesting because I'll talk to kids who are in their mid twenties have been extracting for maybe two, three years or something like that, but they're so on the fuck, like, you can just mention any name and they know it because of, of Instagram, you know what I mean? They don't know the person, and and it's like they don't know them personally, but they know all about their work, and they know, you know, oh, that guy's blowing up right now, not literally, but <laughs> that extraction artist yeah. is, 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 you know, is huge, and I'll be like, yeah, but how do we, you know, how do you justify it? I mean, great, you got a great, you got a brand new iPhone 10, takes awesome pictures. You know what I mean. And, and at a certain point, diamonds are diamonds and fucking terps are terps. You know what I mean. And you can kind of like yeah, until you can smell it <laughs> or taste it, you really have no fucking idea what you're looking at. Because I've had stuff that's looked gorgeous and just doesn't taste good at all. So then it's like, well, now what? You know. So hopefully after the. Uh, emp or whatever and from, from north korea after they can meet up after he meets up with trump and we've run out of power we're back to fucking reality then the real growers will come out and fucking grow hey he's
4: trying to sound like me
1: yeah yeah is that is that what you're going on uh, yeah i'm waiting for them nukes i'm just <laughs> waiting for them nukes yeah you guys are down there and it's pretty scary you're you're closer to you're closer to the whole uh korean peninsula to then when we are and I think if Trump goes over yeah, there to try to negotiate... We're too
6: insignificant, you know? Yeah. Too insignificant. Yeah, well... That, <laughs> well that's h- our card. That's our card. We play it with pride. Right. <laughs> Big target, though. You've got you to admit, it's a big-ass target right there. Yeah, it's like it's not cost-effective. There's not enough people. Yeah,
1: just, the, co- the collateral damage would not be be would not be a, look good on paper, so. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Uh, As far as the podcast, you planning on doing any more? You gonna do any different uh, formats? Are you gonna stick to the same? Or you got any future plans? Yeah.
6: Well, I got I got a few ideas in the works. I I'll, I'll give you two little sneak peeks. First one is I want to do some like uh, some joint episodes. So instead of doing like the 2 to 3 hour format, mm-hmm. do say condense it down to one episode so it's still 3 hours but say have three lesser known breeders, just some people who maybe I think could deserve a little more of the spotlight type of thing. Sure. And and just have them to do an hour of each because the number one issue I have is that I want I want it to be engaging for the whole time, and most of the time it is, and I think that that occurs through good guest selection, and I guess the extension of that is like people who are experienced, who have been around for a while, who have got some good stuff to be able to say, mm-hmm. and so. Some people are just starting out and maybe they've got some good stuff to say, but maybe not three hours worth. So, yeah, just doing some smaller stuff. And it also makes it more accessible because as much as me and my friends love the long format, like some people just they say it's just not good for me, you know. So oh, yeah. maybe, yeah, having we're, some we're, good smaller like,
1: stuff. we're good for like we're good for long, long flights, drives, things like that. I'm always like uh, and I find myself doing the same thing if I'm trimming weed. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm not going to, you know, because then I, at least I can finally listen to the whole thing. But if I'm, you know, in my yeah. car, I'll just listen to local NPR and shit like that. Because if I start a podcast and I, you know, you want to hear the whole thing. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, you know, you just stop. And you know, every time you get in, it's like take you because, because you're doing all these little short runs, it'd be the same podcast on for like three days before it actually gets listened to. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, you know, so I always find, and, and I, have had the same feedback from people too, where they're like, dude can't listen to your show it's fucking three hours long you know? and i'm like we well, don't have to listen to the whole thing you know you can listen to part but it's kind of like the same as me if i'm listening to something i kind of want to hear the whole thing
6: uh yeah it's really polarizing having it that long isn't it
1: it is but it's hard to um it's hard to like get all of it in there i mean like you know if i have a, more than in one guess it even gets even harder but uh those three hours sometimes fly by like and, you're so quick you're like oh fuck If I tried to do it in an hour it's almost like you do the you do your ads you do your intro and you're got 20 minutes left and now you're like okay that was a nothing came out of
6: that you know um yeah totally well one of the other things I'm thinking about doing also is to have like uh I guess in an imaginary sense like a bit of a round table thing where maybe getting a few people on who are all kind of got some knowledge on a similar topic or my idea might even be to do strains to do like an episode on a particular strain and to have all the kind of people on the show who are like really relevant to that strain right um and i think that might be a cool format too but uh yeah just two things for everyone to keep their eye out for it's a little like hash church style where you got the 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 you have to be in yeah you're, you're, you're try, in sh- try to have it a, a little more organized and um <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's hard yeah, on, on
1: those ha- those google hangouts are always hard to uh i had the same when i went on t on uh Subcool show it's kind of the same format too you had all these other guys and it's it's uh i mean it can be i guess it can be entertaining but at the same time i feel like i like the i like one-on-one like your your style i mean obviously sometimes we have a whole gang of people here which changes it um a little bit And it's harder for other people to sometimes follow what the fuck you're talking about when you have that many people interjecting.
6: Yeah, I know. I've I've thought about it a lot. I've actually overthought the situation way too much. And the thing which I think and I experience a lot when I'm doing the interviews is someone will say something and it'll stimulate you to think like, oh, I've got a really good question to ask in response to that. And then they keep talking. And so you kind of put it to the back of your head and they say something else. And you think of another question and the first one's gone. And so it just, yeah, it gets even harder with more and more people because everyone's got the little things they want to add to each subject and, right. yeah, you can end up forgetting some good content by the end of it.
1: Right, right. Well, actually, speaking of which, um, did, you, did you meet Shiloh from uh,
6: Dying Breed? Did I reach out to who, sorry? No. Did you ever uh,
1: meet Shiloh when you were in Emerald Cup from uh, Dying Breeds? Uh, uh, no,
6: I didn't, unfortunately. I really <laughs> wanted to bump into him, um, Kyle, and as well as Bam from uh, The Highest Grade, just as a few random names to throw out there. But Uh-oh. yeah, I didn't, didn't get to bump into those guys, unfortunately.
1: Uh-oh, he it says he's going to voicemail. Let me see it one time, one more time. Let me send it to him. Um, he's two- he's going to give a call right now, I believe. Um oh yeah he keeps he's trying to call me that's why Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah shiloh's shiloh's been on uh i haven't had him on the show yet but we were planning on having him on the show in a couple weeks so i thought while he's out in spain but apparently he uh put out a i think it was a skittles cube did you see that z cube when you were there have you heard of it
6: uh yeah, I've I've heard of that one for sure, and I've seen his grows. Like I mean, he's a he's a phenomenal grower. Here he is coming in, right or not? Yeah, but it's doing that thing where well, me Uh-oh. uh put it both
1: them together. Come on now. We have a tech technical min issues here.
5: Oh, Come on, man. huh?
4: If we hang up on you, uh, we'll call back here in a second.
1: Yeah, we're gonna do a you- switch right now. See if we can get him on so he doesn't get lost. Okay. Yo yo yo, yo yo. Sh-
7: Adam done. Shiloh Massive. Shiloh Massive here. Whoop
1: whoop. <laughs> How's it going? Um, so I just had heavy days. On is he gone? Is he here? Is he gone? Oh yeah, we're, we're having. We're trying. To, we're trying to do this crazy thing called have two people on at the same time, bro. How hard? How how technical is that? Usually it's never a problem, but for Yo yo yo
7: yo yo yo. You hear me? Um, I can kind of hear you. Hold on, let me see. Turn your shit up. Come again? Yo, that's yo, kinda, yo. Kinda quiet,
1: now okay. it's coming better? Nah. The old volume switch, bro. Is it going? Turn it down. Turn it up. Got it. Got it.
7: Uh, it's a little feedback-ish, but yeah, I can hear you. Huh,
1: okay. So, well, that's because you're in Spain, dude. You're all the way, all, all the way in Spain. That sounds got to get old. Spain, all...
7: yeah, we're, we're... We're out here.
1: We're out here. I heard you, so you, uh, so you, your genetics uh, pulled a, pulled a winner, or not from you directly but from, well, from you directly but not grown by you, right?
7: No, but check it out. So these cats, you know, they got a club out here the backyard, really nice dudes and, you know, they got themselves a pack or two of seeds and from those packs came the winner of spanibus, you know, so it's, it's, it's almost more exciting to win in it
1: yourself, you know. Oh, I always think it's way better, because then you have proof is in the pudding at that point, because somebody else can buy the same pack and do the same thing. says a lot more than, we got this one cut that you can't have, and you can have a seed, and you maybe you will find it, but you probably won't. <laughs> That's usually the case, you know. Um, so what was right. it? What, what strain was it?
7: It's uh, Z-cubed.
1: Z cube, so Skittles you cube, know, uh,
7: yeah. one of those Skittles hybrids, and then I guess um, Skittles might have placed as well. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure of that, but uh, yeah, it's exciting to be out here in Spain. You know, um, they really love the terps. You know, they lo- it's it's you know it's a real cool community of uh, like-minded individuals.
1: And this is your first cannabis, or you guys have been you've been out there before?
7: Yeah, first cannabis, nice. first cannabis for sure. Nice.
1: Are we on? We're good. Okay, so we have uh, heavy days back. Yo,
7: oh, we lost them all. Yo, yo. No. Yeah, no, I'm having I'm having a hard time hearing you guys.
1: Really? Okay. Well, check with your mic. Is your mic good? Is this any better, Shaw? Is his mic any Can better? Can you hear me any better? No.
2: No, that's that's an answer to that. Come again.
5: Come again. Tune <laughs> in. Nope. Stuff.
1: No? Okay. You want? Do you want to call back again and try it again? If it Maybe it's the okay, connection. Okay. Now I
5: got you. Now it's oh, coming in better. It's
1: coming in. You got to stand. You got to put your one leg up, and you got to put the tinfoil on your head, yeah. and then hold your arm to the left. It should be good. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Well, you go get me some tinfoil, please? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, today was the first day, right?
7: Yeah, first day of Spanibus. and mm-hmm. it was kind of cool. You know, they had the awards on the first day, which you know gets a lot of all that out of the way, so you can just uh,
1: siesta. Yeah, and also helps with sales, obviously, when people hit the nail and bam, they definitely, got because that's that's always been an issue back in the day at the cups in the in Amsterdam was like okay, so everyone's so tired by the end of it all that they, they just don't end up going home and missing out on buying the fucking seeds like they were supposed to, you know. Um, so. You're out there with uh, with Taylor also.
7: Yeah, Taylor's over here doing some uh, research for you know the Emerald Cup and uh, just you know holding it down for the team.
1: And uh, yeah, we had some concern. People are still concerned that there's not going to be an Emerald Cup because they kind of got that rumor. The rumor mill went around, I think, for a bit that it was the last one that's going to be good, and after this. But it seems like everything is is fine, right? Everything's rolling ahead on that.
7: Yeah, no, there's there's definitely gonna be an emerald cup. They're planning it every day, you know, they're just trying to adjust to all the, you know, new regulations and make sure that they can uh, bring it the best they can, um, you know, within the guidelines of all those things that are happening in California.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna the landscape is gonna change a little bit for sure, I'd assume, with just the regulations and everybody to be in compliance and stuff. But the Cali spirit of, of obviously just throwing down anyway <laughs> when it happens is going to happen anyway because it's going to be a hard place to change, that's yeah. for sure.
7: Yeah, the party must go on, you know, and uh, it's just the beginning, you know. They they passed all this in California, but it's not etched in stone. Everything's going to change, so the Emerald Cup's always been a positive force in uh, putting that change out to the people. So, yeah, they're definitely going full steam with that.
1: Do we have heavy days back on. He's well, trying, we've been working
4: it out right now. Oh, oh he's here. There he is. There Sweet. He is.
1: We got a three way going on, guys. It's getting crazy around here. <laughs> well, welcome back. So uh, we got, we got uh, heavy days from the podcast from Australia on that. He and he actually was looking for you, so I thought we could round you up here. But he was looking, for, he wants to get you on his show at some point, too. So can, you guys can meet right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Say hi. Say hi
7: yo Hello. yo yo what's
6: up <laughs> how you doing you know charlie who's good to hear your voice way. dude
7: you know who's... what's that go ahead i'm sorry
6: <laughs> i just said good to hear your voice dude yeah
7: yeah yeah how's it going with
6: you yeah good man just kicking back listening to the done man throw it down
7: yeah the done man the done man you know i gotta tell you what one big thing over here uh THC, Amsterdam, uh, the whole crew over here is getting, giving us mad love, Julian. Nice,
1: you know? nice. And
7: uh, I think somehow he was involved with the win there with those guys from the backyard. But uh, just a lot of great people over here. So uh, big love to the THC's crew over here, Hoodlum, for sure.
1: You see a lot of people wearing Hoodlums out there because it's a little bit chilly or what?
7: I know uh, Taylor and myself uh, are wearing Hoodlums, that's for sure, keeping us warm. I keeping know, me warm since day one i
1: know? know yoshi yoshi had his on i saw him wearing his I saw every time i see photos from there it's like oh man everybody's got hoodlums on jeez must be fucking chilly but not really i mean compared to compared to some places
7: and the, we- the weather's nice the turps are good everyone's smiling
1: the turps are flowing huh so you got my message to go over to cpd's uh spot right the treasure you need to go spot check out that spot too. yeah
7: yeah we didn't make it there tonight we'll probably go tap in with those guys tomorrow yeah, man it's, it's been same. a long couple days I know. get legs catching
1: up yeah for sure um and and you said you were a little bit you were you're you're over the fish now huh you had enough you had enough cold fish
7: you know, I mean, tapas are cool or whatever, tapas, but, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's always weird adjusting to the food. You know, I'm a, I'm a home-cooked meal kind of guy, so it's like, yeah, it's just a whole lot of different stuff, you know, and uh, well, the even ser- the pizza is kind of weird in Spain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the service is phenomenal when you go to some of those restaurants, huh? compared to American places where they're like, eh, they come back and slap it down for you. Any- those guys are like, they'll take your silverware 12 times during a, during a lunch you know what I mean you're like Jesus Christ dude. Like, but yeah service is pretty interesting yeah no
7: really cool yeah the owners will come out and sit at the table and have a drink with you yeah no really really good service the people over here I guess technically we're not in Spain though right you're in Catalonia we're in yeah, Catalonia you're in Catalonia yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. which is, a, which is a, it's own unique vibe for sure and uh, so did you guys meet, so you guys uh, did you guys meet the guys from the plant yet or you ever heard of that What's shop? That? The plant is a shop down there, a grow shop. You should go, you should swing you by. No, we didn't. We haven't. Should...
7: We haven't. We haven't went through there yet. You know, we, you know, we've just been kind of doing that whole of this club thing, and uh, you know, it's so popping over here that it's just a lot of lines waiting to get signed up in these clubs. And I guess you know, everyone's saying that Spanibus is twice as big as it was last year, which is great for Spanibus and great for cannabis. So.
1: Yeah, I mean I think um, I think that I think you can compare the Spanibus to Emerald Cup as far as it's like the, the amount of people and the impact every year and the the growth of it and stuff. So they're kinda like when anybody asks me like which events to go to, those are kind of the you know, if you're gonna go to Europe you're gonna go do Spanibus. If you're gonna be in America, you gotta do Emerald Cup. And then after that it's all kinda like whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe. Chalice is cool too, but it's a bit too fucking hot and in the desert, so I'm always a little reluctant on those things. Yeah, yeah, it
7: might be the wrong time of year, Chalice, uh, You know, it, it, it's all popping. There's enough happiness for everyone. You know, we'd like to see Emerald <laughs> Cup maybe come over to Spain and do something over here, sure, with these guys over here. Because, uh, I mean, you know what they have over here is that community. And Adam, we've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. We came up in that community where it was just love and sharing, and it's just, it's just, it's almost been stripped away out of the, the California scene with the regulations and stuff. I mean, of course, there's still community, but it's just, you go into place and it's it, it's just that that culture that almost, like, you know, originally welcomed, welcomed us all in, in, into this world. And mm-hmm. it's really good to see all the love and, and everyone just, like, you know, praising the weed plant. And yeah. I, I don't know. It's really cool. Spain is the place, man. Spain is a
1: place. Well you know the thing is it's it's again it's just a simple idea of social use and, and like that's the part that they keep missing out in like in the States it's like Colorado's uh, you know the most advanced place yet there's not a, there's, they just gave the first license for the first place and it's not even going to let you, technically you're not supposed to smoke even joints there, you're only supposed to smoke vape pens and, and fucking eat edibles, I'm like it's barely even you know a, a concept in my opinion but uh, the minute you let people just hang out and smoke some weed things flow you know what I mean which is nice and then that's when you get that that vibe that you're talking about there
7: for sure for sure and they've almost made it sterile you know in the States you just go in and get your shit and then you know you don't even get it like yeah socialize and you know share that with the other people involved the social club is a really cool thing you know it'd be cool to see that start popping in the States you know just a bunch of like-minded individuals being able to share a space, and you yeah, know, isn't it's, not, it, it's really refreshing to see.
1: It's funny too because it's not a big deal either, right? It's like, come on, guys, we do this anyway. Now we're just, you know, let us have a sign. <laughs> That's all. Really, good. we have a sign outside so people know where to go. But besides that, it's just you know the same idea of uh, people just wanting to get together, smoke some weed, and and well, again, like. Uh, in a safe environment which is the most important part like especially when you're in a country like that that you don't you know you're not you're not familiar with there was the first clubs that opened up when it is pretty much when i left like i left in 2009 and that's about the same time as the club started opening up and you know it's it's grown so exponentially like there's so many of them uh and it only helps the it only helps the scene as far as like it helps. It helps the police because they don't have people on the street fucking trying to score weed. You know what I mean? Because back in the day, it was just everybody on the round getting ripped off. You know what I mean? Because uh, you, you, they, you know, people want to go buy some weed, and by the time they, they got their wallet picked, <laughs> and, you know, they, they, all of a sudden their phone's gone and their fucking wallet's gone, and that's the kind of vibe that you know you you don't want for your city. So it's uh, only beneficial for everybody in the long run if you give people that just that safe spot. And Denver definitely needs it. Cali needs it. I mean, Cali's always been a little bit, like, loosey-goosey with their letting people smoke on the, on the, you know, at the dispensaries and stuff like that, but Colorado stopped that five years ago, you know, six years ago, and it's really noticeably lame, <laughs> in my opinion. Right. What's the scene down in Australia? Is there any smoking clubs down there? sadly no
6: in australia that's you who we're, we're down t- there
1: no that's who we're talking to right now heavy days is down there he's in a he's in a, we're, we're, which you're in which city are you in i didn't even i failed failed to ask him i mean i'm in,
6: in i'm in queensland oh queensland. you're in the
1: shitty part where it's all they hate weed <laughs> it's a beautiful <laughs> yeah, the beautiful
6: nice, nice and hot
1: the beautiful yeah it's kind of the florida of <laughs> australia in a weird way right
6: yeah, I mean, it, it's all it's all pretty hot to be honest. Like, yeah, but that's that's the that's the part that I don't like the most about being in Brisbane. It's it's ungodly hot and humid. Yeah, I mean, you, some people you, have it worse. How the waves? Some of the best, yeah, some of the best in the world. That's tight. Yeah, it's good.
1: So it makes up for the for the sticky makes up for all your hash getting fucked every time you try to pull it out of the freezer, you're like, no.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's it's something which has held us back for a long time because you know, like it's not conducive to growing good bud. And so without before people did the serious research into how, you know, heat and humidity affected things, like I'm sure people just couldn't understand why they were getting such shitty bud.
1: And a lot of it has to do with storage too it's more than the actual gro- like the, you can grow a lot of times really good weed but it's kind of hard to store it whenever you're like every time you pull it out of something it's going to reabsorb moisture compared to I mean here in Colorado it's the op- exact opposite you know what I mean your weed just dries out in front of you as you're rolling it
6: yeah I would kill for the uh, temperature and humidity of Colorado
1: <laughs> so uh, how long are you going to be in uh, Barcelona for what's your what's your extent of your trip there Shiloh
7: you, you know we're going to be here till the 15th.
1: Oh, right. Nice. Taking it taking it easy then. Most people are out of it. That's the one thing. of It's crazy because a lot of I mean you'll see the how it'll change once everybody leaves town. It's just like, whoop, you know, it goes from like...
7: Yeah, you know, it was cool. We got here before Spanibus and we got some local friends and we got to see some like, you know, local uh, clubs as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: So um, that was pretty cool. And yeah, it, it's 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 a big rush, so we want to take some time to see it when it wasn't just you know spannabus all over the place.
1: Yeah, I mean it's the same as like the Amsterdam was. I mean th- during the cup, so people would, you know, it, same as you were explaining there earlier, people standing in line to get into these cuff shops because they're so small, and uh, you know the everything's just going mayhem and everybody's like ah, crazy. And then all of a sudden the day, like on that Monday after, it's just. Ghost town. All of a sudden, you know, there's a couple of remnants left over, but for the most part, everybody just bails on it. It's crazy, and then you're back to normal. You doing anything else in Europe? Back to normal. You doing anything else, or you just going straight back to, to the grind?
7: You know, we're trying to like think of something cool to do, like maybe go to the Basque Country, or like you know something, or you know maybe go to Madrid, or just check something out. Okay?
1: Well, the Basque Country definitely um, for cannabis would be a a good idea just because there's some great growers up there uh, that I can link you up with after uh, we get off the show. But there's some definitely like uh, quality growers and it's funny too because it's the surfer culture there too. So you got that whole Cali vibe in itself, in in and of itself because you got good weed and lots of waves. So probably should go that way cool and tasty (laughs) exactly right (laughs) exactly so yeah you should definitely check that out if you get a chance
7: yeah and then we get back we want to come you know hang out in colorado check you out and you know talk about some things
1: yeah i would love to and we were like we're like we're chatting about do some do some collabs get the old men on the block kind of slap these kids around a little bit (laughs) show them what's up (laughs) no it's uh, yeah be, yeah definitely it'll be fun it'll be fun and uh yeah I mean I was planning on getting your partner on the show a while ago and it was funny too because it was kind of like oh, I was talking to Matt Stang and he's like you know because we were throwing over ideas for shows oh you should get uh, you should get Skittles guys on there and I didn't even realize you had anything to do with anything up until at that point so it's always funny when we get old, old like I mean I consider you one of my ol- older friends in this industry for sure like because uh you know, we clicked a long time ago, and literally, I, I never, we I think neither of, it, of us ever really expected that this whole thing would get so legit in our in our lifetime. You know, um, but it's interesting to see because I mean, you, you you pop up all the time in funny places, and I love I love that's one of the things I love is uh, that we created this international community a long time ago and before i just sat waiting in amsterdam for people to show up but now we're all just everybody's so jet set and we're all literally like we're gonna you know we're working either you're working trade shows or uh you know running from spot to spot and everybody's seeing or you know opening up in new new environments where there's new states and it's it's pretty cool to see i'm, I'm always impressed
7: yeah you know uh, i think you know Close to 20 years ago we met on the Turk Trail there in over uh, Amsterdam mm-hmm. so yeah it's cool still be connected and relevant and doing mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. Uh, it's really well, interesting. a couple I, old dogs I, I, like that
1: yeah and I always considered you more of, an, of a, a real underground uh, entity you know what I mean I never kind of and then one day I, I see you doing interviews and I'm like wait a minute Shiloh interviewing it just doesn't even seem to just <laughs> doesn't even make any sense you know but but uh are you still doing that or is that kind of on the side or
7: which one doing
1: well i saw you doing interviews at one point you were cruising around cameras and stuff and
7: yeah you know we're doing that we got a whole lot of new stuff in the works you know um i I, am a natural born entertainer i'd love to do more of that type of stuff right um so so yeah that would be cool do you picture me interviewing you
1: of course. No. I mean, look at, look, this is, this is a three way circle jerk we got going on right now. We got, we got this. So, you know, we got to do something. That's right. <laughs> that is the way we roll. But, uh, yeah, you get, but are you doing any media stuff? Are you, are you working on any stuff with the Emerald cup with, uh, with, with, with Taylor?
7: Oh, I'm not really with the Emerald Cup. You know, Taylor and I are separate people. You know, we're not really, what? you
1: know. You're not separate f- people, same, are you? Same
7: but, different. but um, Not for long, we, though. We've got the Emerald Dream Team, and we're doing a lot of stuff with, uh, you know, a couple of uh, the local guys. And, you know, we got a couple ideas that we've been tossing around. We don't really want to bring it out yet. But, uh, yeah, some traveling, um, Strain Hunter type of um, information, comedy, entertainment right
1: ideas infotainment some infotainment <laughs> yeah
7: everything exactly
1: well cool that's good to, uh it's, you know it's one of those things that i like when you do stuff like this you don't really think about it at the moment but it, it's a lot like but looking at old videotapes from back in the day and you're like man i'm so glad that i fucking did this then even though you didn't pay attention to it for the last 15 years but when you pull that tape out and you put it in you're like holy shit so so nowadays because everybody's so uh You know, it's all Snapchat and fucking lost in the ether kind of stuff. When you put down stuff that's, uh, you know, may not even be relevant at this moment in time. Maybe maybe it's just something you know you're chit chatting, but then later on when you actually go back and look, like I looked at some of my old seed catalogs that I had put out, uh, and was realizing, like, huh, okay, I was talking about terps back then, and I was talking about things that were like, you know, this is like 1993, so I'm like, okay, interesting, you know, like I didn't even remember putting that information out there, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like the same now we're documenting a lot of this stuff. That's very fluid and kind of changing rapidly. Like I don't think any of us were thinking about THCA and diamonds and sauce and all these combinations of, of different uh, ways to produce hash nowadays, but you know, and and we think it's gotten to this pinnacle, but it obviously hasn't because we're we're kind of never continue to stop, uh, work in this plant a little harder what do you guys think of the, like between the two of you what do you think the future i mean you see obviously we're all kind of on the same level as far as exposure to things but you know there's some parts of the country and in the world that have just just learning about wax you know what i mean and but they haven't even gotten to that level what do you think's the next what do you think the future holds right now what's the what's the next step in
7: cannabis you you, you know really the future is pretty much uh you know, there'll be niches, but, you know, the path of least resistance and, and just, you know, delivery and effect, you know, um, pretty much. Um, I think a lot of the a lot of the stuff we've been involved in will even dissipate, you know, even like strain names and stuff. And it'll be more like, OK, you know, here's the pen that makes your back feel better and tastes like lemons. Here, Here's a pen that makes you your Peter hard and tastes like grapes, you know, and it'll be almost sterile but you know there'll still be that resistance of uh old schoolers that hold the culture and all the threads together at least we should hope that happens
6: yeah what do you and what do you think well it to me i feel like it could go that way but at the same time it it would just get too stagnant and i feel like you need those old guys hanging on to the threads who are still putting in the legwork to make the new strain so i think there'll still always be a spot for people to generate new stuff because that's what retains interest in the long run but um as to yeah the sterile aspect i think that's bang on and it's getting increasingly that way
1: well yeah i mean pens were like a billion dollar market last year here in the states. so it's it's and that's you know i can remember the the first atmos pens only like six years ago and being like whoa this is pretty cool but then i was also like a week later, like, fuck this pen. I'm like, this thing doesn't do shit, you know what I mean? And so I've watched it kind of, like, and I've gone back and tried and dabbled, and just some guys nail it, you know? You're like, like like we have, like, with Incredibles, those guys kill it, you know? Like, their pens are great, but it's also, like, far and few between, and I think uh, my biggest fear is that people are going to be too far removed from the actual plant because of legal bullshit, and that we can, within a generation or two, Almost forget what real cannabis actually tastes and smells like, you know what I mean? Because we're, once you get a deconstructed product and you try to reconstruct it, even when you take the same terps out and put it right back into its itself, it's not the same, you know what I mean? It loses, there's something weird and lost. So that's what I'm, that's my biggest fear because I love real hash. Like when you make good bubble hash or you make good dry sieve, they have a certain similarity into them where it's just fucking good ash you're like that's good that's good ash and it gets all that gets completely lost when you start to turn it into solvent sort of based stuff unless you're really fucking on point so that's my that's my fear and then i hope it doesn't go that way i mean i hope that we kind of appreciate flowers for what they are because without flowers there ain't much else you know we can't do much without it
6: i definitely uh sympathize with that point highly because for me being just pretty much exclusively flowers I kind of adopt like a a modified version of the Trump slogan make flower great again because everyone who I yeah like everyone who I share flower with for the most part they say yeah if I could smoke good quality flower like I probably would smoke exclusively good quality flower and so like I think that Kind of, you know, makes the problem almost self-evident. Like, we need to get everyone access to good quality flour, and then maybe people wouldn't be as inclined to go to these more refined means as a way to maybe bolster potency or flavor or things like that.
7: Well, they are just doing that to polish a turd. They, the the commercialism made the made the product weak, and they gotta, you know, put it in the pins and shit. And it's an absence of the love again. And you know, what's cool about over here is like these cats got like four lighters six lighters and they got so much love they they're able to put it in put it in like that you know and uh the commercialization and the monocropping cannabis is going to be the end of it all eventually unless cats like-minded like ourselves you know and and, and the whole terp army out there you know they yeah. saved these most important um you know I mean, the whole the whole culture
1: who we got now we got new we got a new we got somebody jumping in here who, who's uh, welcome to the Adam Dunn show who we got
0: yeah I'm just I'm just stopping in for a sec this is Fo 20 B R
1: how you doing Fo 20 we don't want to leave hey, I'm you. gonna
0: pop up alright alright man hey thanks
1: here, for calling thanks for, thanks for calling in Shiloh cool. hi
0: to Adam and the guys and to George no, no problem give both you guys this gosh, show gosh. keep it up we'll all be getting together soon enough <laughs>
1: hundred percent thanks like th- thanks shiloh we'll talk soon i'll see, right. you. see you Shiloh. we'll get Warm you on up. the sh- we'll get you on the show real soon definitely peace so mr foe 20, 20, 20. W- let's uh yeah i was I actually was uh looking at the last hour giving you a call at some point and seeing what's going down because uh you got lots happening why don't you fill us in what's the what's the latest <laughs>
0: It's going to be a longer. Year. I don't know. It sounds weird. What's going on with your guys' audio? I can barely hear you.
1: That's what Shiloh said. That's been the word on the street. But I don't know. Uh, all all the, He's cranking you know. up the outputs here. so It's
0: really, really, really bad. Huh.
1: Strange. Did you check? Chat- no,
0: did? I can see you. Like, I've got you on my TV. I can see Adam trying to talk. I can't hear a word.
1: Yo, yo. How about now? Nothing? Nothing? Zero?
0: I think it's something on your end. It's got to be. Right, right. You got, you are doing fine, man. It's all good. I'll be rolling through town here in a in a month or so, anyway. So are, are we'll you?
1: So, so you're coming through town. That's nice. So we'll get you on the show. Uh, but yeah, just give us a, give 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 our listeners a little lowdown of what you've been up to because you've been again up to a lot.
0: Yep, sounds good. I can't hear you. I'll have
1: to watch the show to super <laughs> <see his> head. <laughs> okay, not a problem.
0: All right, you guys be cool, man. I'll talk to you guys later.
1: All right, peace. Ciao,
6: ciao. Peace. See ya. Hmm,
1: I don't know. Strange, strange, strange. You <clears throat> hear you hear
4: me, though, right? Yeah, we've
6: been
1: talking Heavy Days the whole time. Heavy Days has is, is got no problem.
4: Yeah,
6: I got my volume turned up pretty high, but I'm making it work. Okay. Huh, strange. Well,
1: maybe this uh this whole show will just be me mouthing mm. <laughs> the mouth and show. I'm soon. So um, I'm yeah, you should definitely get Shiloh on there, uh, but you can't. Got to wait. You you guaranteed have got to wait until I do him first. So, so there you go. That's <laughs> that's the only agreement I want because yeah. I, I wanted to have him on real no. soon because we were talking about doing some uh, collaborations, and it was funny when we were talking and he came up with a great uh, scenario, which was I don't know I, I don't know because
6: it's... you yeah, love to talk to him lots and if if nothing else I, I just want to ask him like what's it like to work with Brandon because that dude seems like a handful
1: <laughs> I bet I bet yeah that's what I noticed too um
6: yeah the high energy
1: definitely definitely but the quality work I mean unless it all comes out that's the thing with all these breeders as you noticed were there tend to be a lot of high strung people because a lot of guys I think part of the reason they grew cannabis in the beginning it seems to be kind of unanimous that you know they needed to smoke a lot of good weed all the time and that that's usually like part of the character you know what i mean that high strungness uh yeah seems to run i'm kind of ramping through it
6: i've kind of noticed that like people are almost drawn to breed and grow like what their personal preference is like i've found the real high energy real kind of you know um extroverted people are like they're the ones who breed the sativary type of stuff and it's probably not that big of a conclusion to get to but mm. i always found that was funny you know and the real mellow ones are more indica guys
1: right because it's almost like how uh, they prescribe ritalin for kids who are hyperactive so you're like hey give them some speed that'll do it you know what i mean you'd think, you'd, <laughs> that's it right you almost think like that wouldn't be the one but in the reality is you kind of need the compliment you know um and and, all, and also, it's like debilitating you if you're if you're already high strung and then you get completely like couch locked. It's not a very productive feeling in your mind, you know. It's like all of a sudden you're
6: trapped in your own yeah. thing. Yeah, and no, it definitely helps when you're trying to be productive to have the really racy ones. And I think that's what I've gravitated to more so over the recent years. Whereas I used to not really care for sativas all that much, and now it's like I struggle to say it, but I almost say they're my favorite. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I always had that in Holland, because I was always smoking sage. I mean, it was pretty much like my go-to plant every, you know, almost 90% of the time that's what I was smoking, and or a hybrid of, and it's like when I came back to the States, I had a hard time finding anything besides what I was doing myself, so I kind of, and I was also more like a kid in a candy store when I came home, I really wanted to try everybody else's. I, I'd been stuck in my own little niche for so long that I was like, all right, I'm going to reach you know, reach out. But in the end of the day, it's like so much more satisfying to have a really bright kind of high, in my opinion, because like I don't function well with... It's not that I don't function well, but I just don't like really couch-locky kind of plants anyway. It's never been my thing. It's always been about the... And, and, I'm, and it's, it's funny because as we just described it earlier, I guess like I was like, yeah, so I guess I pretty much did the same thing too. <laughs> I went for the things that were exactly yeah. the
6: way I am. So yeah, yeah well, I mean, kind of in contrast to what I just said, I've got this expression which I still kind of hold true to, even though I really prefer the sativas. Like the thing which I inevitably found was it's always better, so to speak, to have some indica weed on hand and to want to feel stimulated so you don't have what you want you know you've got indica when you want to feel stimulated i'd rather be in that position than to want some kind of indica because maybe i'm feeling you know anxious just want to wind down and to only have sativa right so at the end of the day i feel like indica is kind of more valuable because it's got it just it just seems to be more medicinally inclined to me
1: mm. yeah and it, it's, it's interesting to see when people are real hyperly sensitive to it though where i've given people some racy sort of haze based stuff and you know they're like off the walls bouncing off the walls from it you know what i mean and it's like oh yeah and that the same plant wouldn't have the same effect i mean it would be racy but we're only talking that it just doesn't knock me out more than keep me amped up um did you get a lot of thc uh v strains in australia like naturally from this just from the the where the place i mean over i mean grown there enough that it uh produces it just from the from the climate there, from being...
6: Yeah, Navy. I mean, to be honest, I'm not too well-versed in the THCV stuff. Um, I think there is definitely people doing it, but it's probably not as sophisticated as what might one hope. Well,
1: because there's a lot of South African
6: um, THCV
1: strains. That's why I kind of was thinking maybe it's something to do with Southern Latitude or, you know, plants on the Southern Hemisphere just receiving different UV and... Uh, respond, yeah, responding well, to
6: there's, that. the beauty of Australia is it extends across so many different latitudes that there is the possibility to grow a variety of of different land races like down towards the more south areas you can grow uh, more Afghanica type stuff quite successfully because it's a bit cooler but you've still got reasonably similar conditions and it's i think it's approximately negative 33 latitude where afghanistan's typically positive 33 so it kind of lines up a bit in that regard and then towards the more north you know getting towards the very most north you can get like the png gold and all that really kind of sativry type stuff because your days you know you're getting more equatorial basically so it's just becoming increasingly friendly to those land races
1: right uh, and then we were talking about the the you were talking earlier about your Wally, the Wally Duck. Uh, what's the name of the breeder again? Sorry, say again for me. From the uh, Wally Duck,
6: the Australian... Uh, oh, yeah, web. yeah, Wally Duck. <coughs> I, I would honestly love to find him and get in a chat with him, him or Moon Unit. So him and a guy called Moon Unit used to operate a seed company called the Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. or the Wizards of Oz. Um, as far as I can tell, you know, if you want to discount Neville and Shanti's work in the very early days... It appears to be one of the first kind of seed companies operating out of Oz. It was in the 90s. A lot of people attribute their duck's foot if they have it to Wally, who was the first person to commercially release it. But they, they kind of just dropped off at some point, unfortunately, and have been really hard to contact otherwise.
1: Okay, don't we get another caller in. Welcome to the Adam Dunn Show. Who we got? Hey, it's two. To who? What's going on? We heard there was a strain named uh, after I just you. I had a
0: question about some Australian <laughs> ladders, and if you knew, like, uh, the region that from.
1: Um, you got all muffled, too. Hey, muffled, too. What's you going on? You're talking into your beard. Uh,
5: muffled? Yeah, you, yes. You, you
1: started out all clear there and then are. you got all muffled. You sound like you were doing some drugs. Oh, no, I was
5: doing a dab. How's that? Oh, uh, uh, much better, much right. better.
1: <laughs> all right, so what was the question?
5: Oh, um, we have some uh, land races from the. Kalgoorlie region uh, on the western Australia. I was wondering what uh, he might know about that.
6: I've heard of that from someone else but I don't know a lot about it. I'm generally a bit reluctant to believe stories of Land Race Australia just because they all, they, as far as I know, there is no indigenous landrace Australian. It's just an heirloom tie, which over say forty or more years has acclimatized. So, I mean, if you want to consider that a landrace, it could be that. But to be honest, I'm right, not like something that's
5: been there for a while. You know? Sure. Yeah.
6: So I, I would expect it to be highly sativa. Um, and if it is, it could be really damn good. Um, you know, tie yeah, type, call type it stuff Bush in
5: Oregon. Where, you, where he grabbed it from.
6: Yeah, yeah, give it a crack, man. I'm, I've, I've heard of it, but I'm oh, not experienced with it.
5: They look terrific. Uh, those,
1: those are the same yeah, ones. Those are the I same ones. In.
5: You guys are just chilling, you know.
1: Yeah, we're only chilling. are they <laughs>
5: uh, You guys are just chilling, you know. Uh, figured I'd call an app that. That's all I really got.
1: That's all you got? Come on, man. You almost have, we have,
2: so what you else got, do you want, man?
5: I had a question about an Australian <laughs> land race. Mm-hmm. He's from Australia. Figured hey. I'd call <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Makes sense. You know? Good question. Were, those,
1: were they the same? So those are for the ones from Tall, or those are the different different ones?
5: So I can't hear anybody other than you uh, who also called it. And the rest of them sound all muffled.
2: Weird. Uh, are not That sounds leg? muffled, man.
1: Muffle man! Oh, it's a Muffle show. Hey, this is man, the Adam Muffle, shut muffle up show. KT, <laughs> I cranked
4: everything up and we're cranking. I turn all the channels up
1: and here, so. I don't know. We're just muffles, uh, yeah, muffly guys. Uh, yeah. All right, one's, one's too. sounds good on YouTube. Well, thanks for calling in. If you got uh, any, got I any? do
5: totally sound like a Muppet on the internet, though. god damn uh, But a so fun yeah, Muppet. Uh, cool. That's all I was really asking. I didn't even know where the Kalgoorlie region is. So.
6: So, where is Apparently, that it's designated? his
5: authentic uh, Australian
6: weed. Yeah, if it is from there, I'd expect it to be extremely hardy. It's it's a hot hot and dry area.
5: Yeah, real nice. Internodal length. Like, uh, I don't know, it looks great.
6: Cool. So, we'll keep us updated for know.
1: sure. It's so
5: hard to hear. This is, <laughs> your audio is a little off. Your know, audio is str- off. It sounds str- like you need str- to turn your headphone up, dude. Right. Let's turn it up.
1: I don't know. Only when people uh, call in. No, so far no. What's the chat room say? Does the chat room say it all sucks, or uh, no, it's just something no, with our no Skype? No, I think it's just with the Skype. It's not with the uh, show. So. Don't. Don't you? It's because you got your stupid thing on in the background you fuck. got the, you ra- yeah, I
2: set the radio on classic. It's <laughs> right, well, the classic calling. That's the problem. Am right? I am I live? Am I live? Am I live? Hello, I, hello, is this actually
5: hello, live? hello. <laughs>
6: hello?
5: <laughs> oh my god! All right, so, <laughs> get off hey, the phone. <laughs> You guys have a nice day. Thank you too. This, uh, you too. Time you too. Thing is killing me. I uh, will talk to you guys later. Please
6: yes. do. Have a good one, dude. See ya. That was two from
1: TSK Seeds, world famous and hempen and Hempin. Cause hemp ain't easy, right? Hempen Boom! Easy, we just gave yeah.
7: him an ad for free. That fucking guy,
1: Jesus! So, um, yeah. So, like you were saying, there's probably not really any indigenous strain. It's just like how in North America we really we don't have any indigenous strains. It's all South American influence coming through. You know? Yeah. From. I mean,
6: I, I could be totally wrong on that one, and I'm open to someone to prove me wrong on that. But as far as I've been told, and as far as I've been able to find, it doesn't appear as though there was anything prior to say colonization for example which is what i would assume would be a true land race
1: <laughs> what is he back on again he won't get off Two, get the hell out of here what are you doing Is abnormal <laughs> oh no it's not too is no this, oh, okay what's, what's up, up? yo you hear us now nothing it's something with our skype Is it's
7: there not...
0: anybody there
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey.
2: Oh, i love this song yeah
1: Hello, 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 hello. Is there anybody <laughs> in there? Can you guys hear me? It's not Sounds if you can awesome. hear me. Is there anyone? Uh, he's gone. He's gone. Oh well, he uh, didn't like my singing. No. I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, so that was abnormal calling. He does it all the time. <laughs> he loves to call like right in the middle. <laughs> Boom. And then they're like, "What?" And then. Yeah. So uh, when you do your show and you, how is your editing? Because to me, I was saying earlier, like, I'm so uh, happy that I don't have to edit anything or have anybody else do it because I would go nuts. But how long does it take you to do, a, to do an edit after you, you completed a show on average, let's say? I mean, obviously, they're going to be a little different each time
6: uh honestly it it just depends some days i have audio gremlins and it ends up being like a nightmare and it takes like nine hours to edit like a three-hour episode just because i've got to cut out echoes and stuff like that but gen- <laughs> generally that's
0: um, <laughs> we're, back not, not we're
1: back on again we're back on now do you hear us or it's just uh, still a big shit show no, i'm
0: back <laughs>
1: <laughs> you never go i was just saying like you just pop um, up you hear
0: there's us now a big delay but i can hear you
1: Oh, man. So, so we're talking 30
2: seconds in ahead of time? What, what am I going to say?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're in the
5: future. Um you show how you All right.
1: We can't have that. We cannot have that much background
2: noise. Mm, so, yeah, that was... I bet you the fourth time to try. See, now
1: this is where the editing would be... Uh, this is where I would like the editing part. I'd be like, hey, I could actually get
6: rid of that? Well, that's all right. But... Uh, so you're saying like yeah, but some up to nine sometimes hours. Sometimes I feel like the editing's not worth it in a way, like because it's it can be hella time consuming, um, which is obviously the the major downside. But the other thing is, um, I don't know. I, I've looked to get someone else to do it for me in the past, and I even sent out some of the raw audio to someone, gave them like a bit of a trial. I just felt like the show lost a certain because i mean maybe as weird as it sounds like i guess i edit in a certain kind of way because i just felt like the end product that they gave me back i just didn't feel like it felt the same in a lot of ways and so i don't know it adds a bit more complexity to the show maybe it's just overall benefit but it it certainly makes it a little more consuming
1: yeah you know and it's it's uh it's it's good when you're doing like uh interviews though because obviously you, depending on the person sometimes they are really got the, the flows going and then you probably don't need to edit very much cuz they know it they they know how
6: to do. probably that's why you like Skunk's VA so much cuz you didn't have
1: to edit it so that's probably the, secretly right you're like this is perfect as it is boom
6: yeah just just whack an interview and an uh, sorry an intro and an outro and that's it right that's that, that would be the way i would do it <laughs> that's for sure i <laughs>
1: doubt it would be much in between i'd be like all right yeah
6: but uh well the other the other thing is i'm like very self-conscious of how much I say just filler, like especially words like like and you know what I mean. Um, I, I'm so guilty of saying those things and I – because I have to listen to myself when I edit it. Yeah, that's and, why I know, couldn't You do just it. hear it back and, yeah. and your own voice always annoys you. So, I'm just constantly trying to like remind myself to not say like and um you know what I mean, things like that.
1: Yeah, but is it, oh, it is interesting that when you do a, a daily thing like this and you're talking to the public, in a sense, you you get to listen to yourself listening to it back. I mean, obviously, we all hate our sound of our voice. That's pretty universal, um, especially mine. Mine's the worst. I'm <laughs> like, this is the worst. I could never imagine that I would do a show just because I was always like, oh, you fucking Kermit the Frog or something. What the fuck? <laughs> but uh, at the same time, <laughs> it also does. It kind of educates you as you listen to yourself because there are certain obviously pet peeves. Like I used to always like do one of these noise, make a little noise every like making all these little noises and I'm like oh my god I can't listen to myself like god <laughs>
6: oh, I do like this all the time yeah like, oh. there's there's a certain sense of self-consciousness you've got to get over right because I mean I still cringe a bit when I have to listen to myself but it, it was far worse in the beginning and I it it's fine I used to sit at home and edit the episodes with Headphones on, so that no one else could hear it. Because just if someone was else was in the room, mm-hmm. and I could hear my own voice out of the speakers, I, you know, it feels weird to have to
1: it's,
3: it do
6: that in a way. So.
1: It still is for me all the time. Like I'm, I'm like, oh, anything but that. <laughs> anything but my own voice. <laughs>
6: um, yeah, but so, I mean, thankfully, I um, I try to keep the talking to a, a, a minimum because that way it just saves me the agony during editing of having to cringe through it all.
1: Yeah, well, you you have a you have a more relaxed uh, approach, that's for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, so, what's your who's your next guest? Who do you got going coming up? Be anybody?
6: Um, on the horizon? So, I've got I, my next guest. I'm not going to say who that is because they've been a little flaky. And so, in case it doesn't happen, <laughs> but um, the one after that, I try to. There's generally like three to five people lined up in advance, um, which which works out good in a way. And so um after that i'm hoping to have jj from top dog which will be a really good one i'm hoping i just gotta uh coax all the information out of him because lord knows he's been in the game a while
1: mm-hmm. that's awesome um yeah i mean right now you're also getting to the reality of uh there's so many breeders out there um com- that are coming out into the into the sort of light you know and it's uh the hardest part is is really filtering through. I mean, because what, what the annoying thing I get is a lot of times there's there's so much uh, secret sauce going on, you know. And at the same, so when you actually break it down, there's uh, to me a lot of times disappointment because I'm like, really? That's that's it, you know? Like, ugh, like I was hoping for a lot more uh, sort of you know uh, uniqueness and substance. The end of it. Yeah, because a lot of it's. Um, and it's also like, once I hear like 2000 and whatever, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like, cause I know at that point it was already a fucking shit show, you know, as
6: far as like the, the chance,
1: unless they're coming, unless they're like Bodhi and they're cruising around and they're getting land races and they're, you know,
6: bringing, yeah, like, it's like, uh, that I think, I think even you said to this to me at the Emerald Cup, but it's like, uh, you with the whole DJ thing, you know, like everyone's a DJ now it's like everyone's a breeder. Everyone's got a podcast. It's <laughs>
1: it's yeah. overwhelming. Oh, no, and it happens. I mean, and it is. Uh, but with me, the problem a lot of times is that I sold those seeds to those people, you know, and so there wasn't, like, when I was working for Sensi and I was selling out all, you know, and now those are, like, now the end. The, those are, like, oh, my God, you have a an 89 or a 90 Northern Lights or something. And I was, like, yeah, those were, like, the shit I was just selling over the counter, you know. So for me, it seems like everything from that point on was
6: accessible to anybody you know and and,
1: and
4: what i
6: was always do looking you, do
1: you
6: yeah sorry i was just gonna say do you feel like we're on an upturn though because it felt like there was a lull say from the early 2000s for a little bit but like even if we just look at this episode for example having the you know the skittles as winning things and a lot of people would argue that's really quite good um do you feel like we're, we're back on the upswing though like things are getting better
1: yeah, I think everybody is more ap- appreciative, and, and that's the thing about, like, seeds in general have always been one of those underrated parts of the industry where people just didn't seem to understand the value. They, they would be, like, looking at, like, oh, why are these 100 bucks, or, you know, and, and then and then it got to the opposite, where it got almost, now, it, now it's, like, when you start hearing, like, $2,500 packs of, from the Mac, you're like, oh, my God, it's, like, that's a little over that's a little over the top you know what i mean but and and especially with with weed prices the way they are it's like okay so now we're selling seeds for more than we're selling pounds of weed that's that's a little bit of an extreme uh change compared to uh you know and i obviously don't want to be on the opposite end of the spectrum i don't want to be like where people think seeds are, are worthless but then when you've dealt with enough over the years and sold kilos of pound, you know, seeds to people and realize like, it's just a fucking grain product at that point. The selection is the, is, is the, the main product, the main part, you know? And it's like, you can take a kilo of seeds and have, you know, a hundred, you know, have 50 to 60,000 seeds to, and and at that point no one's going to pay more than 25 cents a seed, you know, because they are buying in that kind of a volume. And so when I lived in Europe, that was kind of where my head was at as far as like, you know seeds are not they are worth a lot but it's more the selection you know what i mean so you really gotta and if you're down to do the work then you can demand a high price and i was like so yeah
6: well like with that being said how much do you think is like the ceiling on seeds because i've always been intrigued by the argument of you hear some people say well from a pack of seeds you you can crop infinite amounts of bud and Mm -hmm. while that holds true like it's obviously not the whole truth of the situation, like, so, but but it does raise the question, you know, what is what is like the justifiable max in your mind for seeds?
1: Uh, I mean, there is no there is no ceiling. I mean, you could somebody could see the value in something, and if there's one pack left, I mean, like for instance, uh, exotic and his starfighter story with that pack, you know, those things are like created. Because of course it's also you're creating value when there's that story. You know what I mean? When something's oh, somebody paid ten thousand bucks or something. Well, that created value, but at the same time, uh, would I ever pay it? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I even back in the day when people <laughs> would come to Amsterdam with, with genetics all the time and they would like give me some and then they would go and sell it to Arian at the same time. You know, and that happened to me multiple times. So they'd be like, Oh dude, you can have it for sure. Oh, I just sold it for $10,000 to Arian, you know, like one clone. I'd be like, holy shit. Oh, thanks. You know what I mean? But it was just like it was all about where you were on that totem pole, you know, where you're the guy that – because that's the thing. You can put value – and then, you know, he can can take that and turn it into a seed and make shitloads of money on it, and he sees value in it, and he doesn't mind paying 10 grand. I wouldn't because Mm -hmm. I feel like we did our – we all did our our work in the trenches, and we kind of – Work with each other, and the reality is, it's like I feel there's more value when you gift something to somebody. Like I like to, I'd rather give somebody a clone than charge them a bunch of money and have them then turn around and charge a bunch of other people a bunch of money and just turn that into like that's the you know and that happened to so many clones where people you know yeah. still to this day are selling so twenty five hundred dollar clones, but when it comes to seeds, it's like really hit and miss, you know what I mean? Like, the clone, at least you know you're giving them the clone. I'm like, alright, they're gonna do it. With seeds, unless it's just literally the last seeds from, like, you know, of course, if Chem, if you could get the last three seeds from Dog's original ones that got lost, you know what I mean? Of course. <laughs> there's huge value in those, but yeah. the chances of you getting the thing that are the one is probably pretty low, too. Because, as you see, there's so much variables within that strain, too. It's like, they're they're similar, but there's a lot of variables, and it's it's not the stablest thing in the world to start with. It's a great plant, but it's not it's not the stability's not as it's it's high point, you know.
6: So it's just market forces at the end of the day, for the most part, like creating hype. Well, no, that that particular strain, no, that particular
1: strain stands alone on itself. I mean, Chem, we can all agree is a fucking awesome strain, but uh, if you took a seed from if you take a seed like a chem cross they're not the easiest one to get the one you know what i mean like even with even with uh you know like with jj stuff he's got like a star dog there's a whole bunch of good star dogs out there but they're not all the same they're very there's quite a a difference in between of you know some of them there's but there's a a thread that runs through all of them which is that that part that people like you know that gassiness and stuff and so it's but it, but I feel like yeah. when, you, when you give somebody a seed it, at the value it, for me like you know at a hundred bucks a seed that's a quite a, that's quite an accomplishment. But I mean, aficionado does that on a regular, you know, and people do that on a regular. So,
6: uh, yeah, I don't know. What about like this idea I've been thinking about where. It's like if you were to, say, buy a pack of seeds and start a company off it mm. in, and the breeder who made those seeds is still around doing their thing, for the most part, it seems like you're going to be ridiculed saying that, you know, you're just using their work, blah, blah, right. blah. But if you were to do the same thing with a breeder who's no longer producing the seeds, maybe they're not around anymore,
3: yeah.
6: it's it's not an issue. And it feels like there's a little bit of a dissonance there. Like, why is it okay to start a company with a pack of seeds, you know, if they're not around versus if they are? Um, I mean, I think it's really comes down to, uh,
1: like if you have, if you, if you're going to base your company off of genetics that you got from, for instance, you bought a pack of seeds off of a auction site or something like that, and it was a discontinued thing. I mean, it, at that point in time, you're doing a service by, by keeping that genetic going for that person. Now, do you have to give them? Props? Yeah. I mean, from a common sense point of view, yeah. It, and it helps. I mean, what I think would be good is that if everybody, regardless of whether they like a person or not, if they just gave credit to the people who uh, produced whatever they were doing, that would help
6: kind yeah. of
1: keep the butt hurt, get, keep the butt hurt down a little bit, which, I mean, right now the problem is is that people are S1-ing and people are in spite, you know what I mean? Like, fuck that guy. I'm going to S1 all this shit and give it to people for free. Yeah. It's like, okay, that whole... Thing gets old fast but first of all no one ever does it they all just talk a big talk and no one ever really goes out and hardly ever does it maybe once in a while but very few uh, pull that off they just talk, talk a mean talk and i you know but the other obvious thing which I think we all agree on is don't take two of my strains cross them together and tell me you've come up with some new fucking thing you know what I mean it just literally just did, did all your homework for you at that point so and it's you know I've had, yeah. that, I've had that many times like wow it's a sage bubblegum cross that's great you know i mean it's like it's it's a little especially if they're not adding to the mix at all you know i mean like if they bring in something of their own it makes it feel and i feel like that's that's your your one thing as a breeder you should do is you should bring something to the table whether it's your uncle's vietnamese black strain that he brought you know has been even if it's not the most uh you know grand slam kind of a plant, as long as it's something, and you, you kind of use that as as your entry-level thing, then it kind of kind of shows you, because I mean, a lot of this is coming down to literally do you know good weed or not? Like, do you know what good weed is? Yes. Oh, because i you know, and if you don't, then why are you breeding in the first place? You know, I mean, at that point, you're just, you shouldn't be selling any of your work. Your work should just be that, this should be your education side. So, you know, again, I think we get back to the same story we talked about earlier, where somebody's like, "Oh, gorilla glue is really hot," and you know, right now this Dosey dose, we're going to do a gorilla Dosey dose cross, and you're like, "Really? That's not, that's not." Yeah, look, see, Kyle already wants oh, to buy them, so <laughs> and, and that's Oof. the problem is everybody, yeah. everybody Damn. thinks well, it, it, it's mm.
6: obviously like different if the breeder's got like an active male that they're using and whatnot. But I see the thing, and the thing which kind of stands out to me the most about what you said is how. There doesn't seem to be enough people just asking, the you know mm-hmm. whoever the stock comes from, like, hey, are you okay with it? With I do this, and sure. it seems like everyone who I've spoken to has said that, like, they they've never had a case where they've said no to someone. Like, you know, they're always cool. Just just ask them.
1: Yeah, and that is the way it is. I mean, I've I've always been like,
6: go for it. But I mean, for me, it, again, is
1: it's always interesting when you when somebody has something that's uniquely their own, whether it's just by, by the popping beans from some old bag seed that they had and they found something unique um, compared to like clon- guys working with clones that they got. And then they did some work on those clones. You know what I mean? For me, that's already like you've, you, you haven't even, you haven't created your own flavor at that point. And, Yeah, you'll notice it too because a lot of people work with the same males. Usually, it's like you'll have maybe one or two, or maybe three males, and then you roll through all sorts of females. And then at a certain point, your weed turns into a certain type of weed because of because of that male, you know, or those limited males that you're using. Yeah, and that's that's what is interesting about this whole uh, spread of genetics that's happened. Is you know, it's it's. Kind of far and few between to find a good mail too. That's what people don't get. Like you can go through a lot to find a good one, and that's why people are uh, highly protective of them. Uh, like I've hardly, totally. and I mean, I've hardly ever had somebody go, hey, "I got this great mail, you should take it." I mean except for like the G13 haze from Soma, that's been handed around to DNA, Soma, (laughs) Greenhouse. Everybody used that one in Amsterdam. And I was like, totally like, no, we'll never use that fucking mail. Never, never. Just because it just instantly puts you onto this. I mean, half your fucking alleles are are the same, you know? So you're all having the same issues and the same expressions. And that's what happened with the whole amnesia thing in Amsterdam, you know?
6: Well, I mean, as much as I can understand the value of having a male on hand and using it to restock lines, I'm, I'm personally drawn to the idea of, you know, like finding a new male so that, say, like each reproduction of each strain was ever so slightly different. And obviously that would bring logistical issues with it, like making sure you've got enough original stock to pheno hunt new males each time. But yeah. I feel like that's good because it's like, as a breeder, you should enjoy and embrace the concept of sharpening your selection skills. And mm-hmm. so part of me just yeah like wouldn't be personally satisfied if i had a mail that like i'd found it i liked it and i just used that and i never like really searched for a new male, or i just accepted a mail from someone else and like mm-hmm. i wasn't able to do that search myself
1: yeah and I, well the best is outdoor growers actually <clears throat> because they because a lot of times they're you know they don't have the ability to keep things over the years uh so for them every year selecting the best male best female working that line and kind of those were always for me the most interesting ones to get to get uh genetics from when i was back in Amsterdam because i'd always realize like okay these guys have been following this for 10 years or whatever you know and they're literally uh selecting the way you're supposed to be selecting even if they didn't do huge numbers even if they only did 20 at a time or 30 at a time at least they it was always in a forward motion and that's kind of I think most people who are doing indoor strictly indoor have a limited space. So they end up having, you know, and, and people are very paranoid about growing out males properly because, you know, you see the first fucking male flower and people are already nervous, you know, shit. So you have to have a facility, which is separate, which not everybody has. And, you know, like a lot of times nowadays, and especially here in Colorado, people have these huge facilities, um, And it's too dangerous to be working with males in those places because they've got, you know, millions of dollars worth of of plants growing at any given time. And if you're that guy who's like, yeah, I'm going to pop a few males and, you know, I mean, you could pretty much fuck up their whole program. So, so it's, yeah, wow. so even though we have this more access to more growth, there's, it's, it is really great when
6: people actually build, purposely build, you know, uh,
1: breeding, breeding facilities.
6: on that similar, I mean kind of a different note like i've I've heard and even seen of people just being so willy nilly with their males outdoors in the states, and just like you know they're like, "Oh, yeah, my indoor crop's inside, I keep the male outside, I just let it flower out. just that would scare the like the shit out of me if I was like an outdoor grower or I had like a facility nearby some and it seems like it's not that uncommon yeah I mean
1: well, really the biggest problem right now is all the hemp growing that's going on as far as the uh, people just throwing down. Acres of hemp And Not worrying about males And Pretty much Like Almost like a, Almost like how you get the cloud Coming out of Morocco Over Over France You know And uh Of uh Cannabis pollen From 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 Keith Valley And stuff So it's Like The same thing happens here Uh It's going It's going to get worse and worse too Because I mean, We had 5,000 acres last year in, in Colorado And I'm sure it's going to be doubling Every year You know And that's that's definitely gonna affect. I mean, because if you get a, it's bad enough to have a male cross your female, but it's even worse when it's a low THC industrial hemp plant. It's you know yeah, next, that's so, the nightmare, right? <laughs> <laughs> next generation is like well, either you have re- you can look at it two ways. You can look at it the cup is half full or, or half empty. Where because you either say well, we got the best for hemp fucking growing right now at this point in time and the worst weed seems like the worst weed or the best hemp but uh there's gonna be a lot there already has been a lot of fucking unhappy people when they you know have their guys starting to grow hemp uh on scale i mean you have to just if you're doing indoor growing you can time it let's say but at the same time uh you know greenhouses and hoop houses and things like that are getting wiped out for sure
6: yeah that sucks because i'd want to be in a greenhouse if i was over there as well
1: yeah it's well colorado i mean we have extreme we're you know a mile up so extreme uv here um, windy conditions and things like that so yeah greenhouses are, are, are definitely a game changer and it's interesting to watch how the, as the people who like like five years ago the first couple of greenhouses were going up and you just to compare what was happening in those to what was happening now, it's like, God, it's night and day. And to compare indoor to outdoor price-wise, I mean, right now when you're getting $1,000 a pound, then it's uh, it's pretty hard to compare the, like, well, the thing is, greenhouse, you got to put a big investment up front for the greenhouse, and then indoors you're just constantly paying monthly, you know, so it's, you get bled dry there. What's the prices like right now in Australia, considering because uh, considering cocaine is five hundred dollars a gram, I assume cannabis should be a little <laughs> bit more. Uh, you're, you're definitely not you're not hitting the lows like we are here. I'm assuming.
6: Yeah, God, I don't know how people manage to stay afloat financially with those prices, but I mean Australia is the opposite. It's like the polar opposite. In fact, there's there's people who pay like close to, if not over a thousand dollars for an ounce of like imported cookies from the states. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, it's more than that right now in, uh, in, well, let me see. Yeah, so like right now in so Europe, it's, it's like 22000 a it's, kilo. It's price. crazy. Oh, it's a little bit less. It's like it's a, well, a slightly less, but crazy prices. Oh, my goodness. I know, yeah. right? Yeah,
6: so look at that. Like import a, a pound of cookies to Australia, sell like two and a half ounces, and you've made more than your money back already.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting to see like, I had the exact opposite too. When I lived in Holland, it was like, super like 5 bucks a gram and then over here it was 9000 a pound you know what i mean for like super high end and then all of a sudden it's sort of now yeah. it's completely like flipped and now it's 16000 a pound or it's 22000 a kilo so it's about like 10000 a pound in in Amsterdam for well, American weed
6: the thing is here is that the the absolute most high end stuff in Australia the stuff that's grown here, as far as I can tell it's not grown enough in enough bulk to be able to even do pounds so like you can't even buy a pound of high quality so to speak and if you were it would cost you like you know probably nine maybe even ten thousand dollars
1: right um, but it's like again uh, the they haven't quite got the, uh, the legal Framework yet to, to justify the, you know these kind of prices like but here, it's kind of crazy because so many people have invested so much money, uh at the wrong time you know and then there's going to be a, a huge fallout. There's people who have, yeah wow invested tens tens of millions into this and now all of a sudden you start to like look at the you know at, back when it was twenty two hundred a pound and now all of a sudden you're like hmm. Eight fifty. It's going to be a crazy influx in the number of minimally used gavitas for sale. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, and uh, distressed grows and distressed mips and distressed mm-hmm. everything along the way. So it is. It it's what well, what's happening now here is a consolidation. All the like, there's like five or six brands that are just buying up everybody who who falls to the cracks and. Uh, it, so then, the, it's getting to that generic part where uh, you know the the average guy is is, is getting like because right now there's just people spending I mean there's there's literally $69 ounces here in retail shops wow. you know? and you're just like what? That's like, scary how can you make money off that? I, I mean you just can't grow good weed that's the problem it's like it almost it makes it impossible <laughs> okay. for you to grow it properly because to you know you just you got to get on that hands off kind of chem grow Mm. All salt based, yeah, know. you know, dosatrons, no, no love, you know, kind of like how even back in Europe and back in Holland, it was always like they had this, you know, no love warehouse weed. And then you had these small little uh, boutique-y kind of small six to ten lighters or whatever that actually paid attention to every single plant. And uh, then they just got driven out and now it's pretty much all no love large scale grows which is unfortunate and hopefully that's not the future hopefully we've got a, a more prosperous future ahead and I, like you were saying earlier i think it is a rena- i think there is a renaissance um going on as far as people appreciating different flavors and uh, understanding that they can't you know we can't all grow blue dream obviously like right that was probably the first uh <laughs> the first indicator when hundreds of thousands of pounds of blue dream end up in new york and no one can sell it because there's too much of it you know i mean that was like the the beginning of the end almost
6: you there yep (laughs) oh didn't hello sorry the volume just went hella low
1: huh i don't know what's going on with our volume
6: what is going on
2: all the volume volume throwback show to sound issue days I yeah, know this is just like we used to you be. Know. This is not how the show used to be. It was just a struggle the entire time with the sound. We were and like, God. Now it's just on one person's <laughs> end instead and, of everyone's end. And age. we've
1: been so good for, for the last, you know, six months or so. We've been crushing it. No. Pass that. We'll make it through, don't worry. Huh? Mark's been on longer, right? Oh, yeah, more. How long have you been a on A year. A year now? Since last February. Oh, February. shit. We've just blown a year, blown through a year already wow. together. Congratulations. Those years rolled by. So anyway, our sound's been better for a year, yeah, uh, and now it's just collapsing. Better. It's collapsing. <sighs> it's okay. We're gonna edit it after. No we're, not. No, no, we're not. No, we're not. There will be no editing after the show. So, um, well, I don't know if we got. We got. We got. We're coming down to the last fifteen minutes. So, anything. Uh, besides all the rambling that we've done so far that you want to convey to our our incredible audience here? That's half your audience and half my audience, I'm assuming.
6: Yeah. um, Big thank you for having me on the show. First and foremost, it was uh, definitely the first show that got me into it and the one which I directly credit with what kind of inspired me to start the show. So I definitely want everyone to know that for sure. And all the sponsors of my show, everyone who likes the show, thank you so much you know it's it's definitely something that's like a labor of love more than anything else uh if there's one message i could pass on to anyone from australia who's listening pop more seeds guys that's how the scene will get better find more killer plants grow more killer bud keep the movement going you know we can all see that it's happening and uh let's just keep it up keep finding those killer plants and things will keep getting better for everyone
1: yeah i mean it's it's amazing how uh people you'll give somebody a pack of seeds and then you'll see them like a year later and you will be like hey how'd that go they'll be like oh i haven't popped them yet you're like what (laughs) like i gave it to you a year ago and it's like i mean that's the problem is that now a lot of people are are just like waiting to see what's the hot new thing so they can just sell it or something you're like no no, i gave it to you to literally pop the beans that was the idea then you get other people like which is awesome it's like recently i've had where they give you the oil you know so you're like I gave you the seeds and you give me back some oil and it's it's just interesting to see that they like take it to that level you know like instead of just just growing it they grew it and then they processed it and then they found a winner from that and then it's a it's a yeah that, to me that's the most like the rewarding part about being a breeder is that you you put out all this genetics and then when you are traveling around and doing your thing and you actually get the chance to see your own stuff come back it's uh it's very eye opening you know
6: yeah very rewarding as well
1: for sure for sure um well cool we're going to uh wrap it up and i want to give one more sh- uh
6: chance for you to just
1: shout out your website so everyone knows in your, sh- in your podcast so we know what when and where
6: yeah i mean if anyone who's not aware of the show and watches the adam dunn show where have you been um but I, I think the crossover is like 100%, so that's what's good. Um, I guess just, yeah, shout out to the sponsors, 420 Australia, Organic Gardening Solutions, and last but not least, seeds here now. You know, we love them. James Bean works hard for us all, so thank you very much.
1: Thank you, and uh, hopefully we're going to see you, well, obviously at the Emerald Cup again, right? You're going to uh, make that mission and, and come to Colorado this time so we can get you in
6: the studio yeah let's do it man let's do a joint panel together at one of these cups I think it'll go off
1: yeah yeah for sure we can start our beef we can start our beef on stage some collapsing collapsing uh, chairs and some fake glass uh, things smash each other up get the the ball rolling let's get some money flowing here
6: (laughs) yes let's get the creative juices flowing I like it I'm happy to assume the role of the heel you know like let's make this work
1: sure sounds like a plan well it's great to have you on and uh we'll be listening to your show uh and what, what do you have a do you have a specific time or is it just kind of whenever you announce it?
6: No, I it just two a month generally. I'm trying to increase it a little more, but um yeah, you know I appreciate you guys listening and I'm I try to be a part of the chat gang every Saturday, so I'll be checking you guys out as well as always.
1: Nice. That's great to hear. Saturday, it's Friday. Friday. Well no, it is. yeah, it's, it's Yeah, it's Saturday. It's, 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 it's Saturday. More it's good Saturday. For it.
3: That's
6: yeah, awesome. we just get up something chill to watch in the morning
1: that's funny so yeah we're like the you guys are eating cereal while you're listening to the show is pretty much what you're trying to say <laughs> brekkie <laughs> bongs. I can imagine alright well cool thanks for uh, calling in I guess I'll have to add more cartoons in the future for Australian listeners we'll, we'll have to throw in a, a, a little yeah, thanks so much Saturday for morning on, cartoon angle that's a whole new, whole new audience right there thanks man
6: and uh, we'll chat soon yeah. Thanks again, man. See you next time. All right. Peace. Thanks. Peace.
1: The thunder from down
6: under.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's cool to listen to other people do similar podcasts because there's a lot, of, obviously a lot of crossover, like you were saying. Um, but you know, uniquely, we have our own. We have our own there's things.
2: Enough. Yeah. There's enough time to listen to everything.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's also great because. There's there's a lot of times, you know, uh, you th- just the, the angles that you come at of something, uh, you co- you walk away with something totally different. And that's that's what's cool because we're not, you know, we, we, we don't want to be obviously stepping on each other's dicks the whole time and being like, well, your show's the same as my show. But I was looking at the list of all the stuff, and I was like, okay, boom, 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 same, 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 a little different. But when I listen to them, I'm like, okay, well now we actually we come off with a, Different, different approach. Yeah, with different
2: accents, you know. Oh, the
1: accents—that's actually. You know, nice. that's, yeah. that's I don't huge. have an accent, though, right? That's my. Well, it's an American can, one. I don't got an accent. You know? Yeah, no, I know. But uh, well, cool. And who do we got lined up for next week? Do we have yeah, Oh no, because we're in the sp- Okay, so so basically next week, new studio, new everything. But n- yeah, yeah, you got something. Well yeah, you oh, know. Okay, let's see. Like this is Maybe this is be... not our normal well,
2: No, i am gonna okay so anyway, it's a new spot, new spice. So
1: Oh yeah, well it's gonna be interesting for everybody. Um hopefully the sound will be that much better. Oh shit. Oh so the sound
2: will be better, people oh. will be able to hear us and well, that, that helps.
1: Usually, in the podcast, the, the hearing part is like one of the deals that you can't figure it out. MTI is going to not be able to sleep tonight over this whole fucking yeah. fiasco. He's going to be like, "What, what was what it? Did I do? No. Is it that plug that's not plugged yeah. in right there? Is that?" I it? can't even
4: hear you. Now. <laughs> no. Oh no, I didn't turn up my mic. Yet. Yeah, no, I'm just joke. kidding. I'm yeah.
1: just kidding. I was just pointing at wires, but
4: yeah, no, I, I don't know what's going on.
1: All right. Well, we're going to have a. That's that's going to be the most exciting part. Is that you will not? I mean, because usually before the show. This room is empty. We have to drag everything in here and set it all up. I don't have to do anything. I just sit around and watch. But <laughs> these guys have to drag it all in here, set it all up. So every single time, there's a possibility that one thing could just be a little bit off. And so I think once we get in the new spot, we'll be able to dial it all in, leave everything until my kid comes and fucks it all up. Right. But for the most part, it'll be <laughs> kind of left in a sort of you know, usable manner. Uh, Hell yeah. So I, I'm anticipating that our, our sound quality will even be get better yeah our production value will just increase absolutely tenfold tenfold you think tenfold yeah I'll, At least. yeah I'll go with it I'll go with tenfold. i I'll go with it tenfold I'm doing it let's do ten sweet and then uh, again anybody coming into Colorado which denver specifically to going to a red rock show in the future we will be the ten minutes from backstage of Red rocks where we'll be able to usher you in quickly
2: the backstage of backstages
1: yeah well, pretty much backstage is actually the front stage because when you pull up to right there you know, whatever yeah. <laughs> but anyway 11 <laughs> minutes door to door so we'll be able to host lots of cool events so if you're need to uh need to do that give me a shout and uh i have no name for this behemoth of a thing yet but Call the when We can reuse. No, no, we're not doing just that. that. Can't that, reuse. Know? Can't reuse. Oh yeah, I have to change my damn fucking just, sign. Yeah. Get the sharpies out. <laughs> um, big shout out to Ace out of the farm. Shout out to the guys over at Clearview Mips that I've been helping out recently. Shout out to uh, my beautiful wife Cece, little Nick. We're going up to Aspen this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, big shout out to the Resin Alchemists.
2: He knows who he
1: is. And uh, and his and his fam. resin Alchemist and family. Uh and what else we got? We got a shout out? Shout uh, out to your You
2: know, shout out to the snow. <laughs> <out>. Dump down <laughs> some snow. Shout you know, out come on, shout s- out to the mountains. To the mountains. Oh you man, know. it's
1: turning into a real Colorado shout-out. And out now. uh you know. Yeah. Up shout man. out to Brian from from uh Green, yep, farms, green farm. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's coming. Yeah, he, he might be coming on next week. Okay, cool. Yeah,
2: I think we're going to talk with him, do a recap. And Sounds good. Talk and also, Buffalo,
1: representing Buffalo these days, too. We're doing it all, mm-hmm. crushing it, getting ready for the big season. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Anything else? A big shout out to Shiloh for uh, coming through, giving us the update about Spanibus. Have fun out there. Try not to eat too much uh, jambon, big, big pork, mm-hmm. whole hunks of pork. Oh. Jam on it on it. Sound like
2: fish was the deal on there. Oh, cold lot fish. Cold fish. Big stacks of cold
1: yeah. fish. They just, like, like, they bring it to the table, and you're just like, oh, just give me, like, a piece of fish. Cook. It's
4: funny. I like sushi, like, sushi-type fish, you know, but, it's, like, but like, I don't like, like ceviche, you know, type fish. Yeah, a anime. lot of
1: octopus and a lot of, like, hunks and chunks of this and that, and you're just like, whoa, and clams and razor clams. They love their razor clams down there. Those yeah. things are like, <laughs> Yeah, I kind of get over that stuff pretty fast to myself. But, yeah, shout-out to Shiloh and Taylor also, Taylor Blake and uh, Emerald Cup, all those entities out there. It's all coming on. Get ready for four. Oh, also, uh, Adzi. Big plan. Now we have to do huge changes because now we have the whole new location and everything, too, so... Anyway. The decorating scheme is definitely going to happen change right now. I mean, like, uh, the rooms that, aren't even the same. Is that this what, we were, is that what we we're worried about the decorating uh, scheme? Yeah, yeah. I think there's more to worry about than that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that, and we'll uh, see you guys next week. And, uh, yeah, we'll have a we'll have a, a new show in a new place. That's about it. That's about as that new. <laughs> but at the same time. All the same time. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Thanks to the chat man. Practically Peace.
3: every one of
0: the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic jackets on the record albums have their own hidden messages <laughs> <laughs> We don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. We want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana. Some call it censimilia. Some call it lamb's bread, and some people call it ganja.